Hello there, and welcome to the Literarily Trash Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Roseanne. I'm Vanessa. I'm Samantha. And I'm Stephanie. And we're four sisters who love to read, drink, and talk shit. If you check any of those boxes, or hell, if you're just looking for some solid entertainment, you've come to the right place. Our exclusive book club is now open to the public. So grab a drink, pull up a chair, and let's talk some shit. Oh, and hey, listener discretion is advised. friends hello whores. hi hi ladies did everyone have a a happy valentine's or galentine's in my case wait what is galentine's galentine's yeah. oh we're like you hang out with your real friends and you go out for a valentine's day. oh no i didn't know that was a thing damn it why didn't we do that guys oh <laughs> I, I actually did one of those and got super hammered Last night? Oh, yeah. That's the video. Accidentally. Accidentally. This was Roseanne's Too Many Dirty Martinis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought I only had four. After backtracking with my friends, they confirmed that it was like six. And then, but I I held steady with Terrence and told him it was four. And I was like, I don't know, babe. Like, four drinks, that's nothing. And he's like... Well, then maybe you got roofied. I was like, yeah, maybe I did. Oh, man, you used the bread <laughs> trick. I was like, man, I don't Someone put something in my drink. <laughs> Great. Now he's never going to let you go out again, Rosie. Great job. Wow. <laughs> I was I was so drunk. I don't even think I was forming co- coherent sentences at the end of the night. Um, my girlfriend drove me home. And like my friend Christy, thank you, by the way, Desiree put me in the car, got me home safe. Wow. Christy drove me home. And as she pulled... Alf, my driveway was just dying laughing because of apparently the scene that Terrence opened the door to. <laughs> they left you at the car with just... your first filling. Well, yeah. So we had gifts. We exchanged gifts and my bag busted at the door. So I, oh, oh, and I tried to use the wrong key to get in the house. So I got the wrong key. My bag's busted. Terrence hears the commotion, opens the door and I'm like, Hi. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and then I'm just like, I was trying to use the wrong key. I'm sorry. And just like saying, just, I'm sorry. Like over and over, he's like, oh, get in the house, bitch. And then, and then I think, I think I actually try and say a statement inside. And I was like, I start speaking and then I can't finish my sentence. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go upstairs. And then I just pass the fuck out apparently. And yeah, died the next day. Wow. That was sounds great. great. Sounds like a really good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, do a Galentine's with your friends. It was our first year doing that and it was fun. That's cool. What'd you do, Ness? Yeah. Well, it was me and Haley um, and uh, my son's girlfriend, Selena, and uh, my good friend, Brittany. And we went to an Italian restaurant. We drank two bottles of wine and Haley nice. drove us home. <laughs> me and Brittany Perfect. were not capable. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So Haley drove us home and it was great. We had a good time. We actually sat in the car most of the time because like there was no reservations. Like you had to just like first come first serve for this place. Um, but their food's really good. And so I was like determined to eat my weight in pasta, which I didn't mm. end up eating. I just drank most of the night, which was – anyway, it was delicious lunch. Um, 
And so we sat in the car and we were playing DJs, what we call it, where you like play music or whatever. And it had to be love songs. And Haley was whipping out some real good, like old, old rap love songs and stuff. Like it was great. Like we, we probably actually, well, most, well, some of it, I don't know the name of, but it was great stuff. And then one, and then the rest of the time it was nothing but Usher. And I was like, does no one know anyone other than Usher who sings love songs? Was this after the Super Bowl? That's probably why. It was, oh, yeah. But you yeah. know what? It was it was good. We all it was fun. We had a good time. Nice. So we sat because I brought a bottle of wine knowing we were gonna wait a while. So we sat in my car and drank the first bottle. Ooh, bitch. Oh, wow. And then <laughs> that's called planning ahead. <laughs> that's how long we were sitting in my car. Then and yeah, I brought tumblers. It was great. Um I'm an excellent road traveler, if you haven't noticed. Um and then we actually got into the restaurant and ordered a whole other bottle and it was pristine time mm-hmm. good good nice. sounds awesome highly recommend mm-hmm. yeah yeah that does sound nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. nice sammy did y'all do anything for valentine's no i mean or we just just tell brett to don't come in no, right no no we uh <laughs> i mean we had steaks for dinner last night but nothing fancy i mean heaven has practice and i was telling rosie um heaven pulled her groin the other day at practice, it's oh, been wow. about a week now. Yeah. And it's not a full pool, but it's very like strained and irritated. So she has been out of soccer, which this kid has ever, never actually been injured to not play soccer her entire soccer career. So, so this is like a big deal, but she's going to oh, like wow. physical therapy and stuff. So she started the physical therapy yesterday oh, and that's kind of how we spent in the morning. We were at the ortho getting her cleared to make sure nothing's broken. Um, and then we went to physical therapy and they gave her some stretches and this cool little, uh, like it's called a TENS unit and it like sends like mm-hmm. currency waves through you to help with inflammation yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. cool. So we got that too. Um, so that's how we spent our Valentine's day was doing that, hmm. but it was still good. I have one of those and I like to, yeah, I liked, I love that little TENS machine. I use it on my back anytime I'm like working too much and I know I'm all hunched over. I know it's going to jack me up the next day. So I'll use one of those. Mm-hmm. Ben pulled out his back and I thought it was super fun to, try out the machine on him and its intensity levels which he was unaware i was doing <laughs> and you can make so, it feel different and, yeah. and he like tweaked his neck <laughs> he like tweaked his neck so i like put the machine like all and you know when you do it like it your muscles like spasm mm-hmm. a little bit right mm-hmm. so i had it on all nice and soft and then i cranked it all the way up and he was not expecting it <laughs> and it's, it looked like he went into like a seizure like his whole body like jerked and like, mm-hmm. he started flailing around and was like oh god <laughs> and you can see the skin like raised to it too you can yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's sick. That's <laughs> um, great. No, but this one doesn't have like electricity tied to it. It's like in internal wavelengths, like literally like you set up a frequency mm. and tell it to send a certain wavelength through the muscle and, and bone to, to tell it. And it's telling it to start, you know, deal with inflammation. And then it tells it to start healing. Um, like you can put it on bruises and stuff. So um, we'll see if oh, that, wow. that gets mm. her, her better for uh, more soccer. I feel like our <laughs> hospital patient in the bed there needs a tins machine for her entire body at this stage in the game. I would I would like to send electric shocks into my babies in retribution for what they're doing to me. <laughs> that would be nice. God, <laughs> like their little bodies. No, I'm kidding. Um, wow. Anyways, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm uncomfortable and I'm cranky. I'm uh, 24 weeks and I feel like I am ready to pop. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Everything's going good. What's the math? Do the math for me real quick. How much longer? Um, well, how many more weeks? I'll probably deliver sometime between 35 and 37. So 
you know, we're in the 12, 10 to 12 week mark. Okay. Oh, wow. That's going to yep. fly by. Like, I know you're really is uncomfortable, it? but it's going to fly. It is. I swear it's going to fly. <laughs> well, I start, I so the next six weeks are going to fly because I have six more weeks before I start maternity leave um, from my sedentary job where I will just get to sit in bed instead of sitting at my desk. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, and so after that six weeks, like once that Sounds ends, horrible. I feel like the, the next four are just going to be like me rotting in bed until I go into labor. Yeah, it's why I was very active during Bo's pregnancy, and I cannot be bothered this go around. Everything hurts. I get a lot of Braxton Hicks because the the fun fact: the babies will go one will go transverse rib to rib, and then the other will go head down on my cervix, and then they'll kick their feet together. And and just that's cute though. Is it, it? Does sound cute? I know. It's like party and moms. Like the idea party is very cute. Though. It's like a little dance. <laughs> Yeah, they're in there just like tapping feet, yeah. you know, they're all like kicking each other and it's, yeah, so it's, it's fine. It's all good. I'm, you know, it, it is what it is. What it, is. it is what it well, is. Well, you look very comfortable in your hospital bed. Yeah, so yeah, we did, did. I think since we last recorded, I have since bought the adjustable bed frame. That was my compromise. <laughs> we were going to get me a recliner and I was like, or we can get an adjustable bed frame. So I literally have a giant hospital bed. It lifts my feet, lifts my head, and I just sandwich myself up until I'm comfortable. <laughs> and Greg, I I told him he has to bring me coffee every morning. You know, you know, Stephanie demanding getting my, <laughs> my queen treatment. Um, and he has to lift my bed for me. So I'm still like curled up in the fetal position and he's lifting the bed with my coffee in hand, bringing me up to life. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a show over here. <laughs> I think I would like wow. a video of that. Uh-huh. Agreed. Yeah. No, I look disgusting at night. It's it's not a good look. I'm gonna. I'm like the you know you know like the orangutan yeah, who's like sitting in the grass and and you know, the titties and the stomach and the, yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay. I mean, you could put on a robe mm-hmm. for the the video he records if you want. You know. Yeah. You or <laughs> perhaps have a sheet sheet draped over you. Perhaps a blanket. <laughs> Anything <laughs> to cover. You know. My pregnancy pillow. It's like you know. Um, you should see me get up at night, which is often to go to the bathroom. I'm just, I'm having a great time. It's so fun. It's so fun being pregnant with twins. It's so good. Loving it. Recommend highly. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Yeah, Roseanne, this could be you. I know. I'm yeah, like, Roseanne, hmm. didn't you want this life? She did. Ooh, did. Greg asked me if I want to eat Mexican for dinner or cereal. <laughs> is that a, is that a trick question Polar, a whole the group what do we think mexican or cereal and i will say i get really bad heartburn mexican. at night so it's like oh yeah cereal sounds delicious what kind of cereal um i have raisin bran and honey nut cheerios Ooh. is it the crunch one it is, is it raisin bran crunch? crunch that's my yeah. favorite mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It is and I like honey nut Cheerios. Actually, Dude, they're so delicious. Good. The Bo eats them. Yeah, he loves yeah. them. I, like honey nut I think cereal. I'm going to do cereal mm-hmm. tonight because of the heartburn. Yeah, Greg's in there like. I know. I've saved us so much money being like, I'll just eat cereal instead of anything else. <sighs> so what's everyone into today, Sammy? What do you got there? Straight tequila. Cheers. Well, no, 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 no. It's a, we had a little bit of bullet whiskey left. So I was like, you know what? I feel like it gets me loose and gets me talking. So I made a little of that on ice and I've let it melt. So it's like real nice mm-hmm. and it gets the stomach just right. And then oh, wow. for backup, I have the remainder of a uh, Pinot Grigio box wine that I'll be getting into when I'm done with this. Wait, so. wait, wait, wait. Yep. You have the, you you're going the worst from shit all the whiskey? time. It's like, 
to old it's like wine four sips of it it's not old wine it's d- delicious wine and it's yes. not <laughs> it is you know what? I cannot wait to pour you guys some Pinot Grigio out of the box and pretend that it came out of the bottle. And you're going to be like, oh my God, this is so good. And hmm, that's what's going to happen. Do that trick on me next time so I could prove you wrong. I will. Hmm. I look okay. forward to being tricked with Can't alcohol. Hmm. <laughs> hey, can someone roofie me? Yeah, Roseanne. I think Roseanne <laughs> has some leftover. Not yet, Nina. Stephanie. Once you have your babies, we can. I would like to be roofied. <laughs> Well, then I made a joke out to my um, girlfriend that we walk with in the morning. I was like, yeah, I just, I, I was, I played the, I've been roofied trick with my husband, but I didn't even get the fun rape with Aww. it. I was going <laughs> to ask you if, you know, you wow, reaped the benefit. Jesus. No, no. I was incoherent, not, and Terrence, like he, no. I think he's over the drunk white girl shit from the days when we dated. He's mm. like, I've had enough of her drunk white girl pussy. <laughs> You probably have to edit that. <laughs> God, Roseanne's coming in hot tonight. He's like, I've had enough. Wow. No, leave it. Wow. Yeah, leave that, please. He's like, no, I'll, I'll wait till you're sober. Oh, wow. <laughs> the next morning, he's like, you sober? You no. Wait, oh, this is what I did. No, I forgot what oh. I did. A couple of days before, I did a real good performance. Mm. That's what I did. So he was held mm. over. Oh, cause that, Oh, I got, he made me breakfast in bed. Oh, whoa. You did real good this morning. morning. Yeah. yeah, I did oh, good. Oh, yeah, wow. I did good. Yeah. That's, that's what good. I did. Nice. Also, how many days does it buy yeah. you? Cause I don't get days. I obviously need to step oh, my game well, up. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, um, okay. Might have to edit as well, but also like we, we don't get much time to do like a good full on act these days anymore you know it's usually more of like a quick wham bams yeah so when we have time to do that i do try and pull out my a-game performance all the stops all the bells and whistles nice <laughs> just to remind them i'm mm-hmm. still that bitch even though i'm mm-hmm. old and decrepit nice mm-hmm. and then and then we survive mm-hmm. on wham bams until the next mm-hmm. one nice nice that's good i'm, that's I'm no good. longer a fun pregnant mm-hmm. wife Oh, that was short. That, the money that has dried up. <laughs> he's the donut, donut hole is burned. Yeah. He's, 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 he's still carries around cash and every now and again he'll show it to me in his wallet and I'm like, I'm not interested. Don't touch me. I'm not. <laughs> I cannot stand he's your so annoying. I cannot wait to roast he his has, ass. He has an actual written out price list. Oh my God, Stephanie. please take a picture. It's not well please priced. I'm, I'm not a very, I'm not, I don't, I clearly don't rate you myself very highly. No, no. <laughs> You'd be shocked at what some of these prices are. You'd be like, Whoa. wow. No. Is it like Everything's below cents? $10, isn't it? Is it like 50 cents? Was it $10 blowjobs? No, $5 blowjobs? No, <laughs> no, but it is not, not worthy of the act. I can tell you that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm gonna need to see. The we list. need the price sheet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I need to see what's on the list. Like, what are he the actually options? wanted yeah. it to be printed out and framed next to our bed, and I was like, "You're being really, really extra right now." And laminated. laminated. Yeah, he wanted us to sign it the whole night. Yeah. Wow. You're gonna have to start making rules and saying, "Okay, number seven can only be done once every three weeks." You know, yeah. Have a calendar that says number seven was. <laughs> yeah, he's a bit much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are freaking I know. weird. I know. It's great though. You know what? Oh. At my Galentine's dinner, Christy was like, so I finished oh the podcast. Oh, I have God. a question. 
are Greg and Stephanie really that nasty? I said <laughs> yes. Yes. And just so you know, it's even worse than they than she says on air. Yes. I was like, yeah. That's the muted version. <laughs> well, not right yes. now, but for the most part. So he's the he's the guy from uh from what all the quiet is it all the quiet things? What's that? What's the book? Was that what it was called? The quiet the book where the guy had oh, yeah. locked up in the cabin forever. Quiet tenant. The the quiet quiet tenant. tenant. There we go. So that's Greg. He's currently reading Pretty Girls, and he's at the part where um he waterboards her with urine. No, he's like, oh, I would do that, and I'm like, I know, we know, we know. Yeah, I can see him like all that. the weird stuff he's doing mm-hmm. to her right now. You, yeah, you're probably like, hmm. Interesting. So, put that anyways. in my playbook for later. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Anyways, where were we? Jesus. <laughs> anyways, your husband's sick as fuck. Uh, again, we've um, nailed that fact yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Next level. Yeah. Rosie, what are you drinking? Um, Gatorade. Do you want to tell us why you're oh, drinking Gatorade? Why are you drinking Gatorade? Gatorade? Why, Rosie? Do you want to share? Why drinking Gatorade, Rosie? Um... My tummy is not well. I'll keep it short and sweet. <laughs> so I'm taking it easy, eating some saltines and some um, Gatorade. We'll go easy on you, that. but I will say the reels we're finding just into Roseanne. <laughs> that relate. We have a, <clears throat> Roseanne and I and Greg have a, a group chat on Instagram where we share just messed up reels. <clears throat> We've been finding some good ones to send her lately. Greg has. First of all, why the fuck am I not part of this group? Actually, just oh, so me and Greg started mm-hmm. on Instagram. Stephanie, mm-hmm. are they sharing lots of Reese's? Oh, in this? Mm-hmm. ooh, private no. chat. Yep. No. And Stephanie's like, add me to that shit right now. Before, yeah. <laughs> Can I finish? It was before we knew Greg was being not mm. being deployed. So. Um, like, you know, I, we didn't want to stress Stephanie out, but I was like, Hey, like, did you see this? Like, what is up? Like, so just, you know, talking about stuff like that. And I just was keeping my eye, my ears on the streets about what's going on. You know, um, I guess Stephanie didn't like that. So now it has changed into a whole bunch of shit. So I only get a little bit of war stuff and a whole bunch of other <laughs> up reels that Greg sends. And I've actually, I have not been on social media yet today. I have no idea what's in store for me. I hope it's good when I log in later and see what he has sent because he will go ham. Yes. Ham. He will like, we'll open our, the chat and it's like, and I have like notification blockers so I don't get notified all day long. I'll open it when I want to. And it's just like 20 reels from Greg yeah. that he has been fa- found in like yeah. from his toilet <laughs> sessions, you know, when the man goes to the bathroom. Yeah. It's his toilet <laughs> sessions. So that's what, that's where he's sending those from. Um, we got really messed up my algorithm whenever nice. Stephen Hawking's in the Epstein Island do you guys remember when that broke recently? Yeah. My algorithm, because of the reels we and were sharing, were it was so messed up. There were so oh many disabled God. reels in like the most messed up. It was, so, it was so bad. I had to like rework my entire Instagram <laughs> to get rid of them because I was like cringing at every reel. And I kept sending them because they were so messed up. And it was like, oh my God, stop. <laughs> Someone yeah. else needs to see this. They're so bad. So, yeah. Anyways, wait. So Stephen Hawking's went to the Epstein Mansion Island. island. Is that a thing? Island. Oh, he went to the island. What? Yeah. That uh, exact. I'm like. Yeah. That's was the thing. midget? Were the midgets Whoa. confirmed? Yeah. Okay. So was yes. wait. Were they? How Let do you? Share. How do you know that? How was that confirmed? Yes. 
Um, I can't remember what it was confirmed from, but mm. I do remember. I was like, oh, the are we being fake real. news? Apparently, um, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even want to be the one who says it. <laughs> say, <laughs> say it now. It. No, so apparently Stephen Hawking's, um, and I don't know how much of this was confirmed. So Roseanne, fact check me. But the the joke was that he liked to watch midgets solve complicated math problems <laughs> on a chalkboard. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Wait, and I can't remember where where I read that from. Of all the things, <laughs> yes. So all the reels were going hard on like wheelchair. Like, yeah, just just like a wheelchair guy with like mayonnaise all around him, looking at a chalkboard, just like shit like that. Like I mean. Look, if, if we want to go back in time, I will share some. And <laughs> if you know, you know. If No, you know, we'll get canceled. People will be no, like, you guys get canceled. No, they can't it. see the inners of that that chat. They think they're they bad on this. They already blasted us for Taylor, so don't even start. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get us in trouble again, Roseanne. No. Roseanne, we're not going to talk about Taylor. Also, that I'm not mentioning Taylor Swift on this podcast. Thank you. <laughs> She's not getting any more goddamn attention. <laughs> but I do want to talk about how gorgeous... Blake Lively is. Okay. I'm serious. I cannot get over the fact of how beautiful she was in a freaking tracksuit. Who can do that? Nobody. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. She looked like Madonna because she had the, the ring hair. Yes. Her fair is yeah. so freaking perfect. Oh, piss me off. I just want to be her. Yeah. And then Ryan Reynolds the next day. I just, it was so funny. He's like, hey, you guys saw the new trailer? Has anyone seen my wife? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was so funny. <laughs> Uh, I laugh for a long minute. I know that. their whole relationship is like the cutest ever. Like, I wonder if they're freaks yeah, in behind is. the door, just like Steph and Greg are. Probably. Um, they might if be. you were married to Blake Lively, wouldn't you want to do all kinds of weird stuff to her? I would. Mm-hmm. I would. Yeah. I want to do it now, and I'm not married. <laughs> I can. I can imagine that if you have a wife that looks like that, you want to do a lot of weird stuff to her. Mm-hmm. Remember, I chose her to finger paint with Celine. Was it her? Yeah, that sounds remember? great. Was my character pick yep. for that? Mm-hmm. Yes, it yep. was. That was a good one. I don't remember that it was her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I do. I do too. That was a messed up book. Speaking of books, <laughs> yeah, shall we? All right, let's dive into this book. Hey, guess what episode this is? All right, bitches. Whore, I was doing it. Okay, are you going to make a big announcement about what episode number? Because I was about to. Um, okay, we'll do it. Well, now it's anticlimactic. It's episode 10, but it felt worthy of being like a little excited <laughs> before you made it weird. Yeah, it's episode 10. Actually, well, my mind just blanked. I was I was going to say the Spanish number, and I just totally blanked. I don't know why I was going to say the Spanish number. What? All right, I'm going to quiz you. What is 10 in Spanish? Yeah, Sam, what is it? I just I was gonna have to count. DS. DS. Episode DS. DS. She's bilingual. Okay, episode ten. We are covering the book Twenty Years Later by Charlie Don Leo. Don Leo. Is that what we decided? Don Lee. Don Lee. Samantha said it depends where you're from. Don Lee. So Yeah. I Still actually, um, so I Googled him. I Googled him and I did the pronunciation thing so I would make sure I didn't say it wrong. And it's Dunley. Oh. According to Whoa. I pronounce or whatever it is on Google. So if that's wrong, 
Charlie, be sure to have words with Google because you're the ones who told us to say it this way. We were all wrong. We're all wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, so a little bit about our author. Um, one, I was completely unaware that Charlie was a man until I Googled him. I actually thought Charlie was a girl. Like, I have a friend whose daughter's name is Charlie. So in my head, I'm thinking this whole time, it's a woman who has written this book. And then when I Googled and realized it was a man, it completely changed a lot of things for me, perspective-wise, on how he wrote as a female throughout this thing. Mm Because the females are pretty strong characters. So I just, I thought that was interesting. Um, Okay, so he lives in Chicago. He's got two kids. He's been married for a hot minute. Um, they do something cute, Rosie. I thought about this. And so I put it in here. They have like a Friday night family movie night. I know you guys do like a family game night thing, which so I thought that was kind of cute. Um, he actually did not read his first full on novel till he was 20. And wow. it was a classical John Grisham, The Firm, which I love that book. So if you haven't read it yet, it was actually probably, I think that was my first John Grisham and I've read all of his stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyway, some of the authors that have inspired him, one of the ones that I, I knew off the bat was Gillian Flynn. Um, and we just talked about that American horror. What's the what's the name of the show, Rosie? One with the lady from The Gone Girl. Oh, um, yes. Um, On Netflix. Dark Place. Or Sharp no. Objects. No, Dark Place. No, the docu-series. Oh, oh, the True Crime. Oh, yeah. American Nightmare. American Nightmare. That's what it is. Yeah. American Nightmare. If you guys haven't watched it yet, yeah. I'm going to plug it real quick. You should watch it, especially if you liked the Gone Girl story, because this is like the real live Gone Girl, Gone Girl true crime story about what happened to this girl. So hmm. it's very good. Anyway, side note. Um, one of the things I also thought was cute about him is he really loves it. If you can guess the ending of his books, like the plot twists or how it's going to end up, he wants to hear from you. So he wants you to tell him the moments that you discovered it and what parts of his story led you down to find the answer before he revealed it. So that's kind of cute. Okay. Um, his strong female character, I think he says that he, he accredits that to his mother. He was amazed by a single mom and his sister's like one of his best friends. And his wife and sister actually read the early stages of all of his manuscripts and give him their opinion before he actually sends it to his editor. So I feel like that's where he kind of gets that really strong vibe of the female voice very, very well. Um, He does have a lot of other novels. I've not read any of them. This is my very first Charlie Donnelly book. Um, But his um, another one that he wrote that got a lot of accolades is the Summit Lake, which apparently he was inspired by some fishing trips that he does with his dad in remote Canada. Um, Ended up writing a thriller story about that, which is kind of cool. And yeah, that's all I found on him. Most interesting part is that Charlie is a man. Do you know how old he was when he wrote his first book? Well, I think it was like five years later before he actually did his first one. So like he read his first book at 20 and then by 25. Like he, he knew immediately after novels. reading John, like it, there was an interview of him and I read his whole little thing. Um, actually, his website's very cool if you've not been to it yet. There's a lot of really cool stuff on it. But mm. um, he... He talks about how as soon as he read that book, he knew immediately he was going to write thrillers. Like, that's what he was going to do for the rest of his life. Cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love when someone just knows what they want to do for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Can't even Mm -hmm. imagine. I know. Well, while you you look that up, Rosie, because I am curious, 
because it's, it's, it's interesting he didn't read a book until 20 and then ended up being an author like this. I know. Um, so I am curious when he started writing. But while you do that, I'll do a little description of the book. Um, and I'm going to kind of spitball this, so y'all just bear with me. Can I just pause so this story- really, really fast? Um, this is a side note, and I just want to say it because I just got a message from Haley. My daughter, for those of you who don't know, is in charter school, so she goes to school at night and works during the day, kind of done a different view of high school. She just messaged me, and she just finished her final exam, and she messaged, your daughter is now a high school graduate. And so I'm very Aww, proud of her. Nice. So yay to Haley. Aww, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That was worthy of I know. I want to cry just a little bit. That's so. awesome. Okay. Yeah. Tell everybody else. One more down, Take guys. One to go. I'm so close. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, Sophie. Yeah. No, that, that was worthy of an interruption. All right. So this book opens with a TV reporter named Avery. I cannot believe I don't remember her last name right now. So I'm just going to roll on. Mason. Um, Avery Mason. That's right. Avery Mason. She's a TV reporter. And pause. Guys, can you tell me what kind of tv show this would be like in real world like what good morning what, america yeah. good morning america yeah, it's okay, like thank a, you. i could not for the life yeah. of me all right so yeah. picture good morning america type of gal um and she wants to go explore in new york some new dna technology that has allowed the new york medical examiner's office to make their first successful identification of 9-11 victims 20 years after the towers have fallen the twist is that the victim that was uncovered had been accused of a gruesome murder of her married lover right before the falling of the towers. And it was a a murder that was laced with kinky sex, tragedy, and betrayal. So it was juicy. So she starts to uncover the truth behind that murder decades after the investigation was abandoned because she was lost to the Twin Towers when they fell. Um, Amidst all that, while she is uncovering this other woman's past and trying to uncover what really happened... Her own secrets start to come to light. Her own past is catching up to her. And it's sort of a race to the finish of the book of uh, what's going to come out first. That's it. Where's your... Oh, shit. I know. It's hard for her to move You're getting the bare minimum for me today. I know. In my hospital bed, I'm like a T-Rex. T-Rex Yes, dun 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 dun. Yeah, despite my shitty description, it actually is a really good book. Uh, well, I guess that was part of my review. Slick <laughs> bitch. It was a very no. I, I well, I just it excited me because this was my first time getting to read a book that has nine eleven as part of the fictional plot, and that yes. was very exciting for me. I've had this book on my TB 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 TBR TBR TB red list. Mm-hmm. For a long time. Vanessa and I have been championing for 20 years later, yeah. actually, to be since last of our year. book club. It's um, been on the list since last yes. year. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was very excited to get to dive into this book. Yeah. It's very good. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it's fucking good. Spoiler alert, Vanessa, and I loved it. <laughs> Sammy, I think you're on mute. I am. Thanks. <laughs> Thank God for the cameras. Like. Are you were talking shit this whole time? <laughs> she looked like she cool. was talking shit to us. She was. I totally was. And <laughs> it may be more fun on mute, right. actually, because I can just freely talk shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so characters. So um, I'm going to run through all of them, and we'll we'll discuss as we usually do. 
Uh, so we have Avery Mason. So at 32 years old, she is the youngest woman to be the news anchor for American Events, which is a popular primetime news magazine program on television. Uh, she is also the daughter of a convicted and on-the-run criminal um, who duped people out of millions of dollars on a Ponzi scheme, which it is not spelled P-O-N-S-Y, by the way. It is P-O-N-Z-I. I spelled it wrong. So Ponzi Correct. scheme, which I had also Googled, which we'll talk about later. You're correcting. <laughs> we'll have to talk about what that is later. Um, but he was convicted of, of being caught up in a Ponzi scheme. Um, and that does play a large role in the outcome of the book as well. So as the lead anchor of American events, she learns of a cutting edge new technology out of the New York City Medical Examiner's Office, where a team has been working in the past 20 years to identify victims from 9-11. Um, and we'll talk kind of about how they, they do that um, actual analyzing. Um, but basically, she finds out that the lab finds a match. You know, it's not very common, as you can imagine, that they find a match for, for this debris that they've sifted through. So when they find a match, she immediately jumps on the story, thinking it's going to be a feel-good story. 9-11 um, is right around the corner. The, uh, the anniversary of 9-11 is right around the corner. However, she does not know that the match belongs to Victoria Ford and is yet to know her background and doesn't really realize how good of a story she stumbled upon. Our next character we'll talk about is Walt Jenkins. He is a retired FBI officer. Um, he was asked to retire after his partner was killed in the line of duty, and it was found out that he was also sleeping with Megan, who was his partner's wife. Um, he claims he did not know she was his partner's wife, and it really hurt him how Megan lied to him for so long. Uh, she had been ghosting him before the funeral, and he found out that it was his partner's wife at the funeral. When he goes to go talk to the family and give his condolences, she is in line. Um, so just a huge shocker to him, which really throws him for a loop. Um, that drives him to decide to live kind of a remote life. And he lives in Negril, Jamaica, um, living his best life, drinking as much Hamden estate rum as he can. Um, he does come to New York once a year for an annual survivors meeting, which is basically it's a, a New York chapter of a trauma survivors meeting that they all gather together and kind of just celebrate that, that they, you know, outlive something, something traumatic and horrible. Um, important fact, uh, prior to his retirement from the FBI, he was a homicide detective. In his first case was the Cameron Young murder, where he followed everything by the book and found evidence to convict Victoria Ford of the murder prior to her disappearance. Moving on, um, so Cameron Young, who is the victim I just talked about previously, he was a New York Times bestselling author. He was killed in his own home. He was found hanging butt naked from his balcony with a rope tied around his neck. Um, autopsy reveals that he was strangled by the rope before being thrown off the balcony. And the investigation also found that Cameron was having a S&M type sexual relationship with Victoria Ford. Tessa Young, um, she is the pregnant wife of Cameron Young. Um, she claimed she had no idea he was having an affair or that her husband was into rough sex. Um, she was also said to inherit a sizable inheritance from Cameron's death, but ultimately she was ruled out of, of being found um, to have anything to do with his death. Getting to Victoria Ford. Um, so she is on trial for the murder of Cameron Young, who is that New York Times bestselling author. Victoria and her husband, yes, Victoria was also married. Um, Victoria and her husband, Jasper, they met Cameron and his wife, Tessa, when Jasper sold them their beautiful home in the Catskill Mountains. Um, during, the curse, during the course of their friendship, Cameron and Victoria start an affair and Cameron gets her pregnant. Cameron convinces Victoria to have an abortion, which leaves her unable to bail children. Um, when she finds out that Tessa is pregnant, she's infuriated with Cameron um, because Cameron has been telling her this whole time he's going to leave his wife and be with her. Um, but instead, he got his wife pregnant. Um, 
Victoria was also in the World Trade Center on 9-11 when the airplane struck the building, um, and she's thought to have died that day, um, never to stand trial for, for the murder of Cameron Young. Uh, Garth Montgomery. So he is the father of Avery Mason. Um, he founded a company called Montgomery Investment Services in 1986. Um, and for all intents and purposes, it looked like a thriving, uh, well-managed global fund uh, making millions for its clients. However, in reality, he was running that Ponzi scheme um, and basically was stealing their money to fund his, his you know, fun lifestyle for him and his family. Um, he was dubbed the thief of Manhattan for his crimes. Um, and due to his shenanigans, his wife, his poor, poor wife, rest her soul, um, Avery's mother, she was 62 when she passed away from a heart attack. Um, basically, once she found out how much he had you know, ruined their lives, how much he had lied to them, and that he was having a, de a decade-long affair, um, her poor old heart just couldn't take it, and she passed away. Mm -hmm. um, Christopher Montgomery, um, I'll just briefly talk about him. He was the son of Garth Montgomery and brother to Avery Mason. Um, he did die tragically, or dun-dun-dun, died tragically on a sailing accident when they were younger. Um, and then the last two we're going to talk about is Natalie Radcliffe. So she was an old college roommate and friend of Victoria Ford, a billionaire rich, so super wealthy, and also, we got a theme here, a New York Times bestselling author, um, prior to becoming an author, though, she was a practicing doctor, so it seems strange when she just kind of took this change in her career path to all of a sudden become this overnight success of a New York Times bestselling author of a series about a, um, a woman called Peg Perugo. You find out later why that sudden change in career path. And then last but not least, Emma Kind. Um, she is a sister of Victoria Ford. Um, the day of the attack on the World Trade Center, Victoria called her sister and left her a voicemail, pleading her innocence and begging that her sister clear her name. Um, that voicemail is actually played for Avery Mason when she begins investigating who, who Victoria Ford really is. And that really convinces her enough that it leads her on this path to try and find out who really killed Cameron Young if it wasn't Victoria. And that's it, guys. Nice job. Excellent recap. Nice. I, I appreciate that because it has been a hot minute since we read this book mm -hmm. <laughs> to yes, this recording date. So a lot of it, I was like, ooh, I forgot about the abortion and the pregnancy. So mm -hmm. thank you, Sam. Mm -hmm. That was a nice little recap. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nice and yeah. juicy little tidbits in there we could dig into. I know. Where do we want to start? Anybody have a hankering? <sighs> you want to start with um, Walt Jenkins sleeping with his partner's wife? Yeah. Yeah. How do they not know? Do you know? think she knew? Yeah, I, I feel like somebody knew. Somebody had to have known. I mean, how do you... Uh, she must have. Well, so like, are they just not close partners? Because most partners, I mean, and maybe this is just TV, but and also we're rewatching True Detective, so maybe that's why. But like, you know, partners, <laughs> they develop a relationship, right? They know each other's families. They're aware. They spend a lot of time together. They, whatever else. So... I still don't understand how they were a partnership and just had no idea about their other side of their lives without having any inclination. Like there's no pictures of her anywhere. They don't go to cop banquets or any of those other things that happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't get that. Yeah. I think I remember him saying that he didn't like part of his guilt was that he didn't feel like he was a very good partner to him in terms of like yeah, on the friend that. side. But you're telling me that he never once said Megan, right? Exactly. My wife, mm -hmm. my wife Megan. Like that yeah. never happened. Yeah. Oh, my girlfriend's name is Wet Megan. You know, it would come up. You know. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, what a queen could think. And maybe that's more. How's female? her vagina? And then you know it's the same girl. Yeah. You know. <laughs> wow. I wouldn't ask that. Why would they? 
What's her badge look like? Um, it's too far. They show pictures and they're like, hey. <laughs> hey. Anyways, I'm done. I'm done. Um, no, and do I think Megan knew? I don't know because he had said um, after they met at the funeral, I remember him saying that she had never wanted to ask any questions about his work, I guess because she didn't want to draw the connection and find out that they knew each other. I blame her. She's the shady one. Mm -hmm. I blame Mm -hmm. her. She knew he worked in the same place as her husband. So, like, that was shady, period. He also wasn't Mm -hmm. the one having an affair. He was unaware that he was having one. He was was single. He thought she was single. single. So, yeah. 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 She's fully to blame for this situation. And that's yucky. That is yucky. That's very yucky. Mm -hmm. Everything she did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then to find out at the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure she told him when they met on the side of the road that she was divorced, that yeah. coming out of an ugly divorce or something like that. So, yeah, she lied from the absolute get A bad get-go, relationship. Just... I don't remember if it was a divorce, but she definitely said mm. they were both coming out of a bad relationship, so they were both just supposed to, like, yep. figure something out together. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, that was tough. I felt really bad for old Walt. I liked Walt. Yeah, me too. A lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dare I say I developed a small crush on him. I knew it. Yes, you did. You and your raging at that time, guys. That was, you know, I mean, that was, you know, we read this a month ago. I was in my prime of this pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Well, I always, (laughs) at the beginning of the book, and maybe you guys are like that too, like, I always want to figure out, like, who's going to hook up. Because if nobody hooks up, like, I feel like that's boring. Like, somebody's got to hook up in the book, you know? So when they were setting it up for them to hook up, I was getting fucked. Yeah. Yeah. How could they not? How could the hot single, you know, TV journalist and the hot FBI guy? Not mm-hmm. get together, mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Yeah. Also, has anyone had the the rum that he drinks? Has anyone had no. it? I'm, I'm not. A, I don't think I've had it, rum so. in a long time. Mm-mm. I just I, maybe it's not real. Is it even? I don't know. It sounded so yum. It did. I mean, it did. Yeah. Ugh. Well, when I came back from um, I, I we my husband and I went down to South Florida and we visited with our brother, and he made us um. What are they called uh, old fashions but they were smoked old fashions oh my god Ooh. and i was like i don't really do dark liquor at all ever it's just not my thing it like makes me a different human but this was so good like i couldn't like he came out with like some cherry wood um wood chips that you put in it and you catch it on fire and like the whole glass like smokes and so you go to drink from it it's like having like this oh it's so good it was so good but that's with whiskey. It though, is with right? whiskey, but but now uh-huh. I'm interested in dark stuff now cause, just because that. Which I mean, oh mm. oh, you go back? are you? you don't go back. <laughs> <laughs> You're interested in dark stuff now, eh? Interesting. Welcome, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> now I have um, my girlfriend and I, Tanya. We went to um, Dominican Republic. And um, got super shitty on the rum there one night. Wanna, wanna rama, rama wanna, mama wanna, mama wanna. That's what it was. <clears throat> I thought you were having a stroke. <laughs> the process to get there. <laughs> I, I, I'm running on saltines for, for all day, so my brain's not alive. Um, yeah, they were called mama wannas. And so ever since then, like, it, we had an excursion the next day. And so imagine being super hungover and like <laughs> walking through the rainforest in your bikini and jumping into waterfalls Ew. like and riding horses and oh, yeah zip lining 
all after Mama Juana's all oh. night. So I'm I'm swearing off rum unless it's in a Miami Vice and it's white. I'm not fucking with it. Did you throw away that bikini when you were done with it? Tell me you didn't keep it. No, because nothing came nothing came out. Are you sure? Nothing came after out. After the zip hole. lining? After it was shoved <laughs> up your ass? Are you sure? <laughs> Good God. You guys are nasty. Speaking so of affairs. The I know. in the room. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Speaking of affairs, so there was the whole big affair between Cameron, Victoria, the Tessa, Jasper, like, triangle there. Or I guess, quad. what is it called? What is it when four people? Foursome. Well, no, not that kind of. Quartet. Are we making no? this up? <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> How about just What's it called when there's, like, four people? Like Maybe swingers? Anyways. An orgy? <laughs> It no, because they weren't, they weren't doing it like that. It's quartet, yeah. They weren't doing yeah. it like that, but Cameron and Victoria were having an affair. Tessa knew about it, though, for sure. Remember mm-hmm. she came in the house that one time oh, and yeah. like noticed his bloody lip because they were making out aggressively in the hallway while his pregnant wife was sleeping mm-hmm. in the other when room. When she just found out that his wife mm-hmm. was pregnant and so they decided to bite lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I, that actually yeah. hurts, by the way, like getting your lip bit that hard. I know. It, when you make them bleed, that no one's like, mm, yay. Like, that sounds no. horrible. I'd be like, damn it. Hurts. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Slam her head in the wall. Um, Anyways, um, that's something else. Um, Jesus. But what what I found, what actually made me sad that Cameron did not allow his wife, Tessa, to ever go into his man cave where he writes. But that was actually like his sex palace with his mistress. Like it was all just, I mean, I guess affairs in general just make me really sad because like, Mm -hmm. duh, like how could they not? But just the, the, the. I don't know. I guess just deceiving your spouse that badly. You don't let them into your space and like you forbid them from coming into it because that's where you go to bang your mistress and she's in there writing all the time and she has no idea she's even there. That's so messed up. Yeah. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so messed yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet Well, she and did. especially because. Yeah, well, no, I think she did too, but like Cameron and, and not Cameron, um, Tessa and um, what's her name were like friends, you know? Like they, they, yeah. Tessa and Victoria were friends. Like they hung out, like they, knew each other. So it is, it seems just even worse that behind the scenes. And even when they were like, when they first kind of introduced them as, you know, all hanging out together, they're drinking some wine at, at Cameron's house on the back patio, I believe. And they start talking about books together. Cameron does with Victoria because Victoria likes to write too. Um, and right then I felt, I felt like there was something between them. Um, and not that people can't have stuff in common, but right then I kind of got a vibe. I was like, Ooh, there's something going on with them too. Yeah. Um, and I was right. So there you go, Charlie. That's when I knew something was up. Nice. Right. So there's like, you know, yeah. So there's like an affair with a stranger and then there's an affair with your friends, like in your, your yeah. friends in this group. That's a whole different kind of yucky. It's a very, I guess that's what made it so ultra, ultra yucky. Yeah. It's a very intimate yeah. way of doing it. It's, it's one thing to have strangers. It's a totally other when you're mm-hmm. having these fake hangout sessions with your couple friends and in reality, the other couple is in their own vibe. And imagine, yeah. Imagine being Tessa and finding out that about the affair okay allegedly finding out about the affair after your husband is dead you can't even call mm-hmm. his ass out you can't even yell at him for it mm-hmm. you can't even kill him yourself she took that money though good for her uh, sh- fuck yeah, yeah. You, wouldn't you mm-hmm. i mean yeah. take it all i would yeah. take everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it just sucks you can't even like go to him and be like wtf mate like he's dead you can't even call him out for it i'd pee on yeah. his grave yeah <laughs> mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you still can't rage stab him. Wah, wah. You can always dig him up. 
Do you think... Do you think they would still call it um, desecrating a corpse if you asked, like, hey, he's dead, you've done your thing, I'm going to get his body, and, like, are you allowed to do whatever you want then? No. No. No, it's still not. No, it's not. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's also not the same with, like, rotting flesh. Mm, okay. <laughs> no thing. And he doesn't get that look of shock, like, oh, I didn't. Right. Yeah. His, um, <laughs> while we're talking about his desecrated body, can we talk about the fact that he had, like, a boner the whole time while he was, like dangling there and we just finished talking about what to do with a penis on our last podcast and i just guys it is true you put it in formaldehyde but more importantly you definitely get them hard before you kill them and then when you kill them in the moment it stays hard so bear that in mind ladies if you're intending to keep the penis you don't want a flaccid one you're going to need to do some stuff first before you choke them out i just yeah, i put that in my she did that in, um, gone girl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She did that in Gonga, remember when she I forgot that though. Slit. Yeah. Yeah, they were like fucking mm-hmm. and then she slit his neck, but then she still like She did. For a little yeah, bit. she did. Mm-hmm. I forgot all I of that. I forgot about his that. Dick was still hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. While he yeah. was like bleeding That's out. True. Yeah. Yes. Damn. I have to rewatch that part. I know. <laughs> Reread that book. <laughs> um so I have a description of um how he was killed. Um, it says, so my examination examination suggests that someone performed oral sex on Mr. Young, bringing him to the edge of climax. But before he ejaculated, the rope around his neck caused him to stop breathing. So Cameron Young was getting his rocks off during a sordid S&M evening. Based on the extensive whip marks on his back and thighs, it was a violent night of games. Part of the foreplay included a rope being tied around his neck. The rope was tightened to some degree for added eroticism while someone simultaneously performed oral sex on him. The rope became too tight and he died before he reached climax. Climax, sorry, God, fucked it up. His partner panicked, tied the end of a long rope, long length of rope to the heaviest thing they could find, which ended up being the safe in the closet, and then tossed him over the balcony to make it look like suicide. a hell of a way to go i mean yeah he like he didn't even get to come yeah you know how pissed greg would be if that's how he died yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no take release. him right to the edge and then kill him <laughs> yeah well if you want to get into more char- does anybody want to get into more character stuff or can we talk about some other elements here do we want to talk about the ponzi scheme um, samantha do you need a little help understanding a ponzi scheme no i googled it i'm good <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. So then I'll, 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 I'll just move on. Um, I wanted to talk about what was at the murder scene that made them say it was Victoria, because it's important. It comes up a couple of times throughout the book, but why at the murder scene did they come to the conclusion that it was Victoria? Um, and then I, from there we can get into the twist of, I think we should go ahead and get it over with, you know, the big twist about that. Um, Okay. So they're at the, and I didn't write any of this down. So again, I'm just going to spitball it. But at the crime scene, there was blood droplets found near um, the end of the rope that was not tied around his neck was tied to a safe in the closet. Um, there was blood drops there, allegedly from cutting the rope, accidentally cutting herself and having drops of blood and it tested positive for Victoria's. There was urine left in the toilet bowl, which... 
Who would ever leave urine in the toilet bowl? Who doesn't flush out of yeah. absolute habit? And also, you know? at your, like, your boyfriend's, like, fuck pad. Why are you, you just right. are you marking your territory before you walk out? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, like, yeah, anyways. So it, it was all, those were all immediate, obviously, immediate red flags when you're reading the book in the beginning, when they're, that's the evidence they're collecting. Like, urine was left in the toilet, and I was, like, suspicious. <laughs> Who leaves that, especially at a crime scene? Um, eventually, there was a video found. The video you know, was a, secret a big kick yeah. A secret yeah. video that was recorded in the sex pad of them having a little S&M moment. It looked like it had been, based on the angle, secretly recorded. Um, that's how they discovered the affair. And then they had tested all the stuff, realized it was Victoria's, and put three and three together and figured she was the one who did it in a mixed, a little sordid love affair, sex gone wrong accident. Um, as we get deeper into, anything else I missed? Before I pop on, I think that was it, right? As you get deeper into the story, once Avery has come into the picture, she's not convinced it was Victoria based on the voicemail. She's like, hmm, she's, you know, why would someone say they were that innocent in the Twin Towers if they weren't? You know, like, why would that be their dying declaration? So she gets involved in the story. She starts digging into the, the, all this stuff with Walt, who, um, I don't think we mentioned he was brought back into this story to, find her dad yeah how do you want to phrase it find her dad yeah. basically like they were using him you know, as a, a and brought him yeah. yeah i brought him back from jamaica and we're like hey avery mason we found out she's going to be in new york we know she's this montgomery girl we need you to get close to her and find out where her dad is because we know she knows so walt jenkins and her since he was the primary detective on the camera young case they get real close they're going through all the evidence and it's discovered way down the line this 20 years later that the blood, and this is interesting, Roseanne, I know you want to talk about this, the blood droplets found at the scene had enough chemicals in them that they weren't, it wasn't normal blood. It had actually come from a tampon, which implied it was staged. Um, and apparently we need to stop using tampons immediately, all of us. Well, certain mm-hmm. ones, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. And then the urine was old basically uh, it had showed that it had broken down enough that it was at least 24 hours old so the pieces of dna putting victoria there at the scene were staged that was the end story who staged the scene victoria herself did it which i thought was a wonderful twist mm-hmm. at the end i did Agreed. like that uh-huh. Victoria did, yeah. in fact, kill Cameron, and then she staged it to look like it was her, but that somebody else had, had tried to frame her, which seemed like it would have been a brilliant way to get out of this. But, well, that wasn't the only reason, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I mean, is it brilliant to frame yourself for the murder? Well, yeah, she thought like, oh, I'm going to stage it. It's going to be obvious, mm-hmm. you know, but what happened was the DA was like, I don't care. It was suppressing evidence. That's right. Yeah, I remember. a little... They called her square peg, round hole peg yep. or something like that. Um, so that kind of led to the perfect storm of events of, of that never being figured out either. Um, so she was legitimately so yeah. going to go to jail for it. So she yeah. did all this. Yeah, she did all this work for no yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But rang out her tampon for no reason. Bummer. Yeah, just imagine that, by the way. <laughs> Carrying it around. Well, and she must and have she had like a pretty heavy flow after her um, miscarriage, right? Yeah, oh. wasn't it? Like she got the idea from from that. I'm like, wow. Bless her heart. 
pre-meditation. Um, well, I don't want to get into that one yet because we haven't got to that. Um, well, let's, let's get in there. there. Yeah. So, um, okay. Um, well, hold on before, before we do, cause I did, I did say something and then we didn't follow through, but so she, you know, she was in the twin towers. She did not yeah. pass away in the mm-hmm. twin towers. She got out, yeah. left a tooth mm-hmm. behind in the rubble at the landfill where they were collecting human remains. That's what get, that's what gets identified 20 years later and shows Victoria died in the twin towers. This woman, her ability to think in panic crisis mode is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Right? How do you know the tower, like the entire building is lit. I mean, we've all seen the Twin Towers. We're all old enough to, yeah. to have lived through that. So to to be in that moment with the chaos and the stress and everything else, but for her to consciously think, this is my fucking time to get away. I'm going to rip out a tooth. I'm going to throw it in the rubble and someone's going to find it one day and I'm going to dip out. Like- that's phenomenal. So maybe, yeah, so maybe she had time though, right? Because So she gets out of the towers and she runs to her best friend Natalie's house, who's a billionaire. You don't have and that much time out. though to take out a tooth unless she came back later well, and threw so it in the pile. I think she came back. Oh, That's what I feel okay. like. She thought about it. Yeah, so the yeah. tooth was discovered at the landfill where they took the, rem- the remains of the rubble from 9-11, which is true. They did have to transport 1.8 billion tons of rubble mm-hmm. from ground zero to this landfill. And that's where the tooth was discovered. So that was part of Avery's research into it was like, what was the type of bone and where was it found? And it was a tooth that was discovered at the landfill. That's how they identified Victoria as the, um, the, 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 the that's how they identified her. Yes. Um, so I think she had time to go hide out at Natalie's, let people think she was dead. And then she was like, but I want them to know I'm dead because I need to like really get away away. So went and put a tooth because you could go to the landfill if you wanted. So I think she went and took and put it there to be discovered. I guess eventually, I hope Natalie at one point. used to be a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that? Yeah, yeah, Natalie was a doctor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe she helped her just, you know, take her tooth out safely. Talk about a great friend, by the way. <laughs> I know. Natalie. I love it. I love it. I loved Natalie mm-hmm. as a friend. That's the kind of friend that's like you always joke, like if you call me, you know, I'll get a shovel and, you know, we'll go hide the body together. But Natalie was like, okay. I genuinely Done. think all four of us would do this or the other without question. Yeah. I mean, if, I was, if I was a billionaire and I had a cruise line, I'd ship you all out. Yeah. yeah for sure. As long mm-hmm. as you um, come up with a plan because, you know, I'm not really that good off the dome like that. Roseanne is not the person to call no. if, you, if you're if you in panic mode no. and need somebody to come up with a plan. Definitely Roseanne, not Roseanne is not the one. No. I'll come yeah. roll up like real fast. Like I'll be your getaway driver, like peeling <laughs> out and shit. Like I could do that. She'll, she'll come but up like, you got to um, tell me where we're going. I'm not going to have guys. <laughs> Like, she would be so, yeah, she would have no idea what to do. No, I'd be like, bitch, you get in the car. Where are we going? She could never lie for you either because she'd do that little giggle. I don't even know where yep. she is. And then we'd all be fucked. Yep. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Roseanne can't be involved. <laughs> Roseanne's right, out. Roseanne's been kicked She'll out. give it away. Wow. This is, this is why wow. we killed her off in the book, remember? This is how quickly it happened. Wow. You were the first person in the book to die wow. because it was like that fast. We were like, out. <laughs> Uh, yeah (laughs) may we all have a natalie in our lives who will ship us off to where'd she end up going greece santorini yeah 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 victoria ended up living the high life in santorini greece after killing cameron young disappearing in the twin towers she was sent off to live in greece for the rest of her life she got to write ghost books do her job and write books yeah oh yeah we we skipped over that but 
Yeah. Yeah. So she wrote all the books and Natalie published them under her name and they became millionaires even further Mm -hmm. and just lived this quite honestly, Mm -hmm. what sounded to be a wonderful outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the last book that she wrote was called The Perfect Murder. Mm. And it basically spelled out exactly how the, she got away with murder with the stage crime scene and everything. And it wasn't until Avery read that last line in the book at the end of the, the book that we just read that she put two and two together and was like, that clever little bitch. Mm-hmm. Right, because she thought she was dead she the whole spelled time. spelled it all out. Yeah, until she figured it out. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, okay, bitch, I see you. Mm-hmm. No, Avery. No, she believed, figured it out. Yeah. Avery, Avery knew she got away, but I, I don't think she thought she actually killed Cameron. I think she thought Tessa Young had framed her and she in was the just end. Right. That was the, yeah. that was where Avery landed. Yeah, there was something else about the book. Oh, this was just me bitching. I didn't like, the only thing I did not like about this book, I'll just say it. I didn't like how much of the end went towards the brother storyline. I wanted more of Victoria living in Greece, writing and living her best life. I wanted more of that. That felt Mm -hmm. like it got swallowed up by this weird little storyline we went on where we find out the brother's still alive. Avery's helping him escape, blah, blah, blah. Well, we haven't told anybody about that yet. So maybe you can go ahead and tell people that. I don't want to tell him. It was a boring part of the book to me. The brother did not die in a storm on a sailboat. He was part of the person who told on his dad's company, the Ponzi scheme, who helped get him in trouble so that he could walk away. But if he didn't do that, he would have also got arrested and been part of his dad's crime. So instead, they staged his death and he had been in hiding for a very long time. Um, And so I love that he ultimately yeah, like got away boring, and like yeah. went to the freaking islands and set sail on a ship yeah. that she bought with the money from this ability from what she just discovered so she used the money from her um her contract for what she does to buy her brother an amazing fucking sailboat and to send him off on his journey to finally live a life that he's been unable to do for the last 20 years or however long it was I guess what I didn't like about it, I I feel like it could have been condensed and we could have talked more about, like the whole book was about Victoria and like unearthing this thing. And then it just like kind of got like over, like got eclipsed, I feel like by Christopher's escape. Well, because we find out, we think that she's trying to like help her dad escape. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like there was that twist, like, oh, we think she's helping her dad escape. And then when the feds come knocking on the door and they find an old guy and we're like, oh shit, that's her dad. So she like knocked out her dad mm-hmm. while we were thinking the whole time she was helping him escape. So, I mean, there was that whole little twist. So I think that's why they had to. It was a double twisty go book. Go there and like fill us in. Like it was a double twist book. Yeah. Well, yes. not expect- yeah. Which I, I actually liked. I mean, you don't normally get that. You usually get one storyline and there's too. one big twist yeah, and that's it. This one had two very different uh, plot twists throughout it, which I yeah. liked. I mean, what else was the point of Walt showing up anyway if it wasn't because the brother was trying to do something? So. I like that it her. became something else. It came all the way to New York to bang her out of all the people in the world. Yes. <laughs> yes. God. For Samantha. He's on the islands. Are you telling me there's not a hot vacationer who's been dying to get stuck by someone in the island? I doubt it. No, I get I didn't mind that there was that element. I just wanted I I felt like it eclipsed the end of the book and that we didn't get enough of the ending with Victoria. That's what I felt like. I wanted more from that tail end of the story. That was my only complaint. 
Well, he wants you to drop him a line. Yeah, he does. I thought about it. When I saw that, I was like, I'm going to email him and tell him my thoughts about the end of this You should email him. His email is there. He says, please write me. Do it. Seems welcoming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Was there any any more twists? That was it, right? That was all the twists. Before I dig into the chemicals and tampons... I do want to talk about the chemicals and tampons. Did you did you write them down? I'm curious what they are. I forgot them. Can already. you even say them? That's that's the real trick of whether or not these chemicals are good or bad. Um, well, I mean, yes, I'll just say them, and you will be like, oh yeah, pesticide residue, um, various carcinogens, including styrene and chloroform. Um, Why would we need to put our vaginas to sleep from a tampon? I don't understand what the chloroform parts for. I don't know. Um, is it a numbing agent? And then, um, you know, the bleaching process they mm-hmm. use to do that. It's not good for us either. Anyway, so I just ended up buying some organic tampons the other day because I was at the store and I was like, oh, because I actually picked up my regulars and I was like, no, I'm not using this shit anymore. I'm like 40 and already corrupted my vagina. It's like, who cares at this mm-hmm. point? But the damage is done. Today's the day to start. <laughs> I'm going to rejuvenate. <laughs> I'm going to rejuvenate that bitch. Did the um, old tampons have those ingredients listed on the box? No. No. And it's because it says in here. They don't have to. FDA considers them safe. Yeah, Yeah, considers them safe because the level is so low, they pose no health risk. But does anybody in the wide world trust the FDA anymore? No. No. I've seen what they do to you. And what makes you think the organic ones don't have that stuff in them too? If if they're not putting them on the box Yeah, they probably do. That's just another way to yeah, charge Yeah, because they're more. still white. They're still blue. Mm-hmm. And I'm not shoving a diva cup in my hole and emptying out my own blood. I'm not doing that. <sighs> I'm not wearing a pad. And Does anyone use one of those before? I'm so curious. Like, has I anybody used one of those cup things? Cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but anyone that I know that's talked about it. It um, sounds messy as like, hell. Yeah, no, it's very messy. Yeah. It's messy. It's like a blood bath. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I wish you're shoving just... a plastic cup in there. And turning it's it. It's holding your pee. Yeah, and you gotta and then turn it, w- take it out. Time, <laughs> you turn it so you're dumping your blood. It's all over you. Like, who wants to do that? Do you have to like dig your fingers around the lift to get it? You know, like yeah, I don't know. I'd I'd honestly rather wear a fucking diaper than do that. I wish you could just sit in the shower and just bleed for days until it was over. <laughs> Isn't that what they did like back There's in Bible no times? Like. Well, I remember asking mom, like, well, what did they do? Because they were called oh, yeah, unclean, you know? Yes, like, oh, yeah, they would go, like, just off to the, they would have With to, they were sheds. unclean. So they were shipped, shipped off They had to go something. sit in those by themselves for a while. Yeah. Or there wood, um, wood tents or something. Mm-hmm. Some, something's ringing a bell. Yeah, yeah. that's all true. On, there Jezebel. was something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Frank? God, it's Jezebel. Let's get your life together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. Imagine the smell in that, in that tent. <laughs> Oh god, they Straight just smell like big periods in there. <laughs> yeah, big time. God. And very hairy vaginas. <laughs> you know, like when you're at a sporting event and you're waiting in a long line in the women's room and one and the stall opens, but someone comes out and you're like, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> no. don't make me. And you can't help it, no. but the first thing you do when you go in there is you smell. Like that's the first thing I do. And I'm like, I don't want to smell, yeah. I don't want to sniff, but I can't help it. <laughs> what does this lady smell breath? like? <laughs> just as I thought. Sick, Samantha. It is sick. Either that or I hold my breath the whole time. I've got two options. I either sniff or I just hold my breath. I chew gum. 
Ew. If you go in chewing gum, you only smell or taste the spearmint or peppermint or whatever it is of your gum, and you don't smell the bathroom. You don't think you're just mm-hmm. like chewing I'm it? not opening my mouth. Yeah, your mouth. It gets stuck in your mouth. Do you chew with mm-hmm. your mouth? I know. When I mouth breathe, I think it is. Get in there. I don't know. I don't know what the good answer is. There's not one. I don't know. There's just an Make more bathrooms for women. That's yeah. the answer. Well, because it's yeah. like, you know, if you leave your toothbrush out and you flush with the toilet seat up, you get poop debris on your toothpaste or your toothbrush. So it's like if you're chewing gum That's in correct. a smelly bathroom, are the particles not getting in your mouth and your gum? I don't open my mouth when I'm chewing gum. <laughs> I know. Um, okay. Did anyone have any theories? No. So I will say I did not. Well, maybe I did, but it was the ending of the story. So I did always think Victoria killed Cameron from the get go. Um, I never thought that it was staged by Tessa or any of those things. I did, in fact, think she died in the World Trade Center. I did not expect her to have lived through that. I thought the story was going to be about like uncovering some hidden things along the way and like like um, exonerating her or whatever at the end. That's what I thought was going to happen. I did not expect her to still be alive. But I did always think she was the killer from the get-go. Um, no, I had no thoughts about what's-her-name's brother um, in any way, shape, or form. I could care less about that part of the story. Um, I did, of course, naturally follow the, the rabbit hole and assume she was trying to help her father escape or something. And somehow the cop guy was going to get involved and help out and unknowingly. or And she was going to trick him, too, in some way, shape, or form. Of course, that didn't happen. But... Um, those are my two, I guess, thoughts on the story that only one panned down. So. Okay. Um, I'll say Charlie got me because I did not think that Victoria had killed Cameron. I thought for sure. I thought she had been framed, hmm. I assumed, by the wife. Yeah. Hmm. So that was a pleasant twist. I did not expect her to still be alive. So I, I, I gasped a little at that part mm-hmm. of the book where we find out she had staged her death. In the Twin Towers, it was just a juicy, probably because, you know, 9-11 was fed into the story mm-hmm. in this fictional way. It was just like this juicy way where I was like, did someone, do you think people really did mm-hmm. that? Like, did anybody do that? Like, I know. I want to know. That would be interesting. Yeah. I bet there's yeah. other people. Um, so, I, yeah. So, Charlie got me. I, I did not care about Christopher's storyline at all. Didn't care. I was curious where we were going with the Montgomery family, like what was going on, what that whole situation was. So, I mean, no, Charlie got me. I, I don't feel like I developed theories. It was, he, he kind of wrote to me, like, I, I read him like I read Karen Slaughter. I'm just along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever's going to happen, happens. Like, I did not, this was not a developed theories storyline for me, personally. Yeah, same. I really liked, I, I liked how, it, uh, mm-hmm. I, I liked writing the wave of his story without mm-hmm. overanalyzing or trying to find the answers ahead of time. So Yeah. Because I felt like it was such a unique storyline yeah, that I had no idea where he was going with it, you know. Right. Hence why I love the two different plot twists, like the two random stories pulled into one to make this. I just, I thought that was great. It's hard enough to write one really good twist. To throw in two is a, although it sounds like to Stephanie, that was like plot number two was. Yeah. We want to suck his dick. What do you want? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I like that. (laughs) Do we know what he looks like? I'm not going to suck his dick. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. I looked at him (laughs) earlier. (laughs) Really? Are, are you guys being mean? Uh, no. Are you? He, he just. I'm gonna looks, ask you to cut this out. Cut that out. I don't want him to know. I'm not gonna suck a stick. Oh my god, we can't shame men. Very now. square jaw. Very, um, very. I mean, square I've seen jaw. uglier very people. I mean, if you're gonna like lay down the law with who you're not gonna do that with, I mean, I think he's he's somewhat of a contender, Vanessa. <laughs> 
He looks like it's uncircumcised. <laughs> oh, you fucking whore. How can you say that? Charlie, can you weigh in? What is the look? Charlie? Is look? I don't know. No, it's just something that? about the square head. It just makes me think it is. You just assume there's a turtleneck down there because he has a square head? Oh, my God. Oh, Yeah. What about you guys, Rose, Sam? We're any theories? Definitely not editing that out. Um, no, I didn't have theories. Um, I thought it was Tessa framing the mistress, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the um, dad thing for, threw me for a loop. I thought for sure she was helping him escape, although I don't know why. I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I guess you feel loyal to your parents, even though they suck sometimes. But um, yeah, I didn't really have any other theories other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Sammy, any yeah, I mean, the only one that, that I did actually start thinking about was that Natalie was writing the books for Victoria. I got that vibe and I don't remember when exactly they bring up, I, I can't, there was a, there was a moment whenever Avery's talking mm. to Natalie where I was like, Oh, I was like, and it's probably the same time that Avery started thinking about, Hey, well, like they were friends and now she's writing novels. Like I got a vibe right then that I'm like, wait, I was like, what if Victoria's still alive? And she's writing stories with, with um, Natalie. So I did have mm. a moment where I was like, hey, I was like, that would be interesting, but it wasn't confirmed yet. Um, so I guess, I mean, I did have some theories for sure. Um, mm. I, I did too, Rosie, I thought it was Tessa, honestly. The only thing that threw me off was that, and this is probably mm-hmm. probably the downfall to kind of Victoria, is that they found that um, chip, or what is it called? Like a microchip or something that had the video on it of them getting it on. What is that thing? A thumb drive or a USB drive or something like that. USB exactly. And they drive. found it in, I can't remember mm-hmm. whose office, but it was found in a weird place. And that's what made me think that exactly. That's what made me think yeah, that, there was, that it was actually Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, really the biggest plot twist mm-hmm. for me was that she was, that she was fully still alive. Like I had a feeling, but I didn't know. Um, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he mm-hmm. got me with that one real good. Um, you guys want to get into some 9-11 facts that came up in the book you want to talk about? I mean, it's kind of sad, but we can just get a little, sad stuff. Want to get a little sad. Just because, I mean, they were pretty interesting facts. I think this was all of ours first 9-11 book. So as we're reading it, we're like, oh, wow, is that true? So, yeah, I mean, if you guys were thinking mm-hmm. the same way, you're welcome. So this is what happens. This is the black box. This is the sound of you trying to fill up your cup of box wine when it's at the end. You have to angle it just right, and you just get like little driblets. You take it out of the box, bitch. Take it out and squeeze it out of the box. That was next. That was next. Looks like you're working hard for no reason. Now that stuff. I have never had boxed wine in my life. I used to get the red, the cab of that, and I swear to God, I gained 50 pounds drinking it. It's like full, full on, mm. like just sugar. Well, it's way too easy to get it. wine out of your fridge when it's like this. Like it's literally, it really it's is. just there waiting for it you. Really like, is. <laughs> Every day I just walk and feel like it's like I'm getting water right. out of the side of the fridge mm. and I'm just getting wine. Yes. <laughs> Two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. I don't know. Every day my lips are purple. <laughs> why are your lips red? I don't know why. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay. All right. Debbie Downer time. Steph, do you want to do some facts? Yeah, so I did a little I did a little research because um, this book was full. It was a very interesting. And I want to give Charlie some props because when I was researching, like fact checking kind of some of the stuff he came up with in this book or what he said was happening. 
Um, his book was published in, I think it was August of 2021. And most of the articles I was reading were releasing this information after August 2021. So he did some research. He, he, I don't know how he did it. I'd be curious to know where he, who he talked to. Um, but basically, you know, if you've read the book and if you haven't, we'll talk about it a little bit, but everything they mentioned in the book about how they were collecting the DNA, how they were pulverizing the bones, using the nitrogen, extracting the DNA, that was all true. It's called um, Next Generation Sequencing, which has previously already been used by the Department of Defense. It's how they identified the remains from the World War II soldiers and Korean and Vietnam Wars. So they were already using it. 2019, their efforts of identifying victims from 9-11 kind of came to a halt. At that point, they had identified about 1,600 people, um, but they weren't having any success. They still had, you know, he he was right again, about 20,000 fragments to test and um, they just weren't getting any results. So right before the pandemic, they started using, they started looking into using the next generation sequencing to start identifying the 9-11 victims. Um, And since then, they started doing it in 2021. They've identified another 50. Um, As of January 2024, they had just identified the 1,650th victim. Um, There are still, at least that they know of, 1,103 victims unidentified. So about 40% of the people who died at the the trade centers are still unidentified at this time um, from the remains. But yeah, he was he was a good job, Charlie. You were dead on. That was very accurate. And it was very interesting. I really enjoyed that part of the book, learning these back facts about 9-11. You know, we lived through it. We were there, like not there, but like we were here when it happened in this world. And like it was part of our lives and our generations. I didn't know any of this stuff that he talked about in this book. I didn't realize that they took the debris to a landfill and sifted through it. There was conveyor belts. People stood on them, just sifting through stuff, materials, and um, just really crazy um, how much effort that they're still putting forth to identify people today. Um, We're now, what, 23 years in Mm -hmm. um, since 9-11, and they're still actively working to identify. And I don't anticipate them stopping anytime soon. They're actively still working into it. what else was, um, that was kind of a sad, another sad fact as I was doing this research, I uncovered that debris that may have contained bits of bone from victims of the World Trade Center was used to fill potholes and pave city roads, mm-hmm. which was just sad. Like who made that call? You know, a lot of people, well, you know, cause I think it just, at the magnitude of the destruction, I think at some point they just had to like start doing something with everything. You know, um, I don't know. Have you, you know, guys you visited really the World know. Trade Center Memorial area? So it's, I mean, it's a huge area. It's huge. It's massive. And there's a lot of people yeah. there. So I can only imagine the amount of debris that came from that. I mean, it is, it's huge. Um, I did not know that they had conveyor belts that people were standing on doing that stuff. I did know that they like obviously had to clear the debris out of the major city area and relocate mm-hmm. it where they did the work. So I did know that part. Mm-hmm. I knew that they transported it to another area. I did not know that they used it to fill in potholes. 
I did not realize they had a conveyor belt of people sifting through. I, I thought for sure they used dogs and whatever else. And they kind of did like a grid pattern and cleared little things and sifted like they were in an archaeological find. Like I figured that's what they were doing. I did not realize some of this other stuff. I do think science mm-hmm. is fucking amazing. And the fact that they've been mm-hmm. able to find the right approach to help identify people this far in is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine being a family member of somebody who's still unidentified or who still is part of the fragments being held waiting for their chance. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of gut-wrenching. Um, and there was a, you know, in these articles I was reading, because I read a lot of them, and there was several different perspectives. There were some people who were in the mindset of, we've emotionally like moved on. We don't want to dredge this up again. We don't want to open that wound. Um, and then there was other people who were like, I want every last piece you find. Give it back to me. You know, because once they take these bone fragments, some are the size of a Tic Tac that they are trying to identify. Um, they pulverize it because that's the only way because the the bones were exposed to so much heat for so long, the outside of them is no good. They have to get to the very, very inside of these bones to even extract the tiniest bit of DNA. So a bone the size, a bone fragment the size of a Tic Tac, that's what they're using to identify people. Um, or a tooth, you know, I mean, like we're talking that small. So they pulverize it into it, like literally with a, they, they use like, like a machinery now, yeah. but originally they mm-hmm. were using the mortar in the pistol and mortar. What do you call that? The little stone you know, where you're thing. making. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They were grinding like grinding it by hand yeah. into powder. And then they use a chemical to extract the DNA from it, from that. And that's what they give you back. They give you back the pulverized bone. So that's what you get. That's what you get back. You don't even get like it as a fragment, as a, as a solid structure. It comes back to you as pulverized material. So kind of like. And so some people are like, I want it all. Like, yeah, like ashes. And some people are like, what do you want me to do with this? Now you just gave me a baggie, yeah. you know, of dust from my family member that I lost 20 years ago. So it was, it was tough. There was a lot of different perspectives. Um, you know, it was all just, it was, it was a little sad to go down that rabbit hole, but good at the same time. Cause I think, um, there are people walking amongst us who have never watched any of the footage of 9-11, like the generations mm-hmm. after me. Um, I actually worked with a girl who had not seen a single piece of footage and did not what? want to. How can and you I'm be like, like, you know, I we have to like, ignorant. remember it. You have like to remember it. It was a big deal. Ignorant to close your eyes to that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I do is every year, do y'all remember that recording that went around? Like every year I listen to that recording and I just let myself like feel the emotions of that because it's such be like, sad. yeah, and just be sad and just like, don't ever forget how fucked up that yeah. was, you know, like mm-hmm. we have to always remember that. Sure. Another thing I appreciate about Charlie's writing, um, we got a brief snippet Another reason this was kind of fascinating was like, this was the first time a book, you know, 9-11 was fiction for me. And this was a person who was in the towers as they were going down, explaining what they experienced. This was the attorney that Victoria was talking to, what it was like trying to get out of the building, the chaos, Mm -hmm. not actually knowing what was going on. Um, He just said, he talked about how many hours they spent standing in a stairwell, Mm -hmm. no, not moving and not knowing if they were going the right direction. Some people went up, some people went down, some people were in a massive log jam, and then as people were peeling off, eventually the log jam cleared and he was able to get out of the building alive. But it took hours of standing in a stairwell, not having any idea what was going on. I don't think it was hours. It couldn't have been hours. Because if you know the timeline of the World Trade Centers, those things went down real quick. 
There was no hours in between that time period. When the first plane hit to the second and they went that. down, I don't think it was more than an hour. I mean, he, he did describe that. I, what you, I'll have to go back and like, look. Yeah, but no, he did describe it being I think a while. he felt yeah. like it was hours. Yeah, and I think he felt like it was hours, but maybe, I don't think maybe, it, yeah. I don't think it was legitimately hours. It was probably only a matter of minutes, but it felt like hours to them to be standing in the stairwell, mm-hmm. knowing your building's on fire, mm-hmm. unable to go anywhere, just the crowd of people. I, I mean, I can't even imagine. It would have been... And imagine also, let's like not forget, while these people are standing in the stairwell, trying to all push downward like a herd. Have you ever been like where a flock of... of mm-hmm. um, you know, just a herd of do- of uh, dogs or cows or any of that stuff. And you're kind of like that one person you're being shuffled through, you know. Mm-hmm. Imagine being one of the firemen that are having to shuffle through it back up the opposite direction. To go up. Like I just every time I think about that, I'm always just kind of floored. Like, first of all, how the fuck did you get through mm-hmm. those people? And two, how did you keep mm-hmm. your calm knowing what was up above you before you did that? Those guys are just mm-hmm. true the definition of a real hero yeah. for sure that's hard stuff mm-hmm. hard stuff. i did um yeah. highlight a passage charlie had in the book where it was the attorney that victoria was meeting with and what he described do y'all want me to read that do you care yeah. about that yeah sure. that's p- better than what i just said probably <laughs> no i mean it was just a little just another perspective of it um He says, on the 80th floor of the North Tower, Victoria was sitting in front of my desk when an enormous explosion happened. The best way I can describe it is a concussion. The building rocked and thundered. It actually leaned to the side, and for a moment, I thought the tower was going to topple over. Everything broke and shattered. Pictures fell from the walls, items on my desk rattled to the floor, ceiling tiles came down, and the overhead sprinklers turned on. The fluorescent lights went dark, and the emergency lighting came on. I remember the sudden darkness outside. It went from a bright, sunny morning to midnight. And of course, the smell. I wasn't able to identify the smell, which was everywhere, and didn't put things together until that night after I made it safely home. It was then, while I watched and rewatched the footage on the news, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that I realized the odor I smelled had been jet fuel. I remember going over to a window and looking out once the dark smoke had dissipated. I remember papers floating through the air like confetti. I remember looking down the street and seeing the regular crowd of Lower Manhattan, but noticing something strange. Only later did I figure out what it was. The crowd and the cars and the buses and the taxis, they weren't moving. Everything outside the building had stopped, as if God himself had pointed a remote control at New York City and pressed pause. Then I remember seeing this clear sludge slowly running down the window. It looked like gel, thick and soupy. Again, in that moment, I had no idea what I was seeing. It was only later that night that I realized it was the jet fuel that was coating the outside of the building. It's pretty mm-hmm. terrifying. I remember that line very I read that to mm-hmm. Greg specifically about like God himself pointed a remote control at New York City and hit pause because it, it was an impactful very sentence. Impactful. I felt like that was one of the things that I, I really liked and enjoyed about his writings is it was very mm-hmm. entertaining to read the murder mystery of, of Cameron and all of those other pieces, but then to throw in these very sombering, very mm-hmm. sober comments about a real life incident was just, it just put, just kind of molded everything together in a way that I just really, really, really enjoyed. Yeah. I thought he did a really, a really good job about writing about nine eleven. Mm-hmm. period. It's, it's a, I don't think many people have tried 
to write about it fictionally, or if they have, I haven't heard about it. Same. Um, yeah. I yeah. thought he did a good job of, he was respectful, didn't really, you know, he just did it in a really a good way. And we all learned something. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I've ever, like, mm-hmm. intentionally Googled or tried to find fictional stories about 9-11, I think, because it's still so real in my head. I don't think I've ever, mm-hmm. like, needed to fictionalize the story of it. I've read mm-hmm. a lot of nonfiction about it, watched a lot of shows about it, whatever else along the mm-hmm. years, but I don't think I've ever thought about putting a fictional storyline with it, and he did a great job of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Any more uh, depressing 9-11 facts? Uh, well, this is less <laughs> depressing, but also weird. Well, I was going to say, I got one thing. So, Stephanie, is the name of the landfill that they actually took this stuff to called Fresh Kills? That's what it says. Like, wow. Like, what yeah. a name of a landfill. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. So, they, yeah. yeah, they had they had closed that landfill and then opened it just to bring the 1.8 million tons of debris from September 11th to the landfill. And it is called Fresh Kills in Staten Island. And interestingly enough, I did go down a tiny rabbit hole. A little conspiracy <laughs> Tiny. No, well, no, not even conspiracy theory, but the people who, you know, I, and I don't know how deep, you know, because I, I didn't do a ton of fact checking and I, I haven't thought a lot about it, but there is a lot of association of, cancer and other medical issues that have arisen after in the aftermath of 9-11 mm-hmm. and the toxic fumes that came out of it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people in Staten Island, apparently there's a high cancer rate in Staten Island mm-hmm. near this landfill. Ooh, and so it's just, it's just interesting. I'm just kind of, kind of leave it at that. It's just Who interesting. I, I like no that idea. little, mm-hmm. I'm going to yeah. look at that. Later. Now they do say there's a lot of smokers in Staten Island. They, the article did say that, that people also smoke a lot in Staten Island. So it's like, is it cigarettes? Or is it the landfill? That mom would go hard with the cigarettes. But you hear, I mean, but it is true that people did like sue New York City, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the the first responders, yeah. people who were cleaning up. They sued them for not having the correct protective gear to protect them because they did get right. sick after. So like that part's true. I just don't know if people living in Staten Island are getting sick from the landfill. But interesting fun yeah. fact. Yeah. Thought that was interesting, but that's it for my. Okay, thank you. Facts about, but Charlie did a fabulous job, and he obviously put a lot of effort into finding out this information because it's all out there now, but it wasn't before he published this book. Or if it was, I didn't see it. Everything I saw was dated after he published the book. So, all right. Um, yeah, that was all I had for. Are we ready 9/11. for some plot holes or unanswered questions? Oh, real quick, I found the thing I um, highlighted in the book about the tampons, about what he put in the book. Let me read that real quick. Okay. The styrene chemical, that comes from the plastic applicator of tampons. The chloroform is an anesthetic because, you know, women push babies out of their bodies, but corporations don't believe they're tough enough to handle the tampon. I knew Um, it. I knew that's what it was, (laughs) a numbing agent. That's what I said. Glyphosate is a pesticide used in cotton crops that sadly finds its way into cotton tampons. And finally, the triclosan is used as a preservative to prevent contamination. So that's what's going in our badges. I knew plastic applicators were bad. That's why they tell you to do the cardboard Mm -hmm. ones. But no one loves a cardboard one because they don't fucking (laughs) work. 
<laughs> ever. And they get slick. Yeah, especially they when get you get stuck, stuck, you're you're never, stuck in You gotta use two hands. Yeah, and like pinch one perfectly. You even try to, yeah. You're like, yeah. two <laughs> hand awful. tampon is not, that's not, that's not normal. That's not right. I would rather just like bleed on myself than to ever do that again in my life. No. And this is why we're all dying. Because <laughs> yeah. we don't want to use cardboard. Yeah. Or what about two those hands, ones that have no. Too, too many. Well, the ones that have no applicators, you just stick them in. Like, what if we just start using those? Like, maybe with your sucking finger one. I mean, finger it. Your finger touches stuff anyway. Those are so annoying. Ideally, everyone washes their hands after they, you know, install a tampon, right? So, I mean, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. What if people? Probably the only time I wash my hands. Ew. (laughs) I actually remember fondly. Uh, Samantha, this was the beauty of having older sisters. I remember Samantha fondly demonstrating for me, not like physically, but like we were standing in the kitchen and she threw her one leg up on a bar stool and was like, this is how you put a tampon in and like acted it out for me. You're welcome. Good job. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Beauty of the older sisters. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a diagram inside the tampon box. Nobody looks at that. It's not the same. No, it's not the same. I totally did. That's how I learned to do it. It is not the same as your sister being like, no. this. it's weird and this is what's going to happen. It's a fucking happen. diagram like, of your ovaries and your tubes and shit. That yeah. shows you nothing. It's like your internal it tells vagina you, and it's like, I don't know. up your leg. Which it's I don't see. It's not the same as watching someone do it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, no, right. Who actually puts it in that no way? No one. stands over I know. <laughs> a freaking Captain Morgan moment <laughs> shoving in a tampon. Yeah. It's fucking right. stupid. <laughs> God. <laughs> Since we're on the tampons, because it was, it was that person telling you that in the book was the um, medical examiner at the mm-hmm. time. I don't remember his name. I was obsessed with his character. Why? Um, I don't. I, I don't know what it creepy? was. I think half of it was the way Charlie. Well, I think half of it was the way Charlie set him up and like developed him as a character. The fact that like Walt was kind of scared of him. Like everybody was a little bit like there was a actually because <laughs> he was like the um, Back to the Future. Um, guy, he refer- he looked said he looked like that. Doc. Mm-hmm. If I may just have a moment, yeah, Doc. Yes, time. hang on because I marked the page 110. Okay, Jared Lockhart was so much a genius in this particular niche that other aspects of life had gone unattended, like personal hygiene and appearance, as well as any effort to display the slightest hint of social awareness. Walt wondered if examining the dead had taken its toll on Dr. Lockard, as if each trip into the body of the deceased pulled the man further from life. Not so much toward death, but rather to some in-between place that left him alienated from the living and only able to associate with the corpses that filled his days. And it goes on to talk about how he has bone white hair made up of wild knots. So yeah, the Doc Back to the Future guy. But I think what I love so much was later in the book when Walt goes up to him again, you know, Mm -hmm. all those years later. And he's in the house with him funny, and the cat yeah. gets up on the counter and he's like, oh, that's my cat, Walt. And Walt's like, you named your cat? And he's like, no. He's like, no, I'm fucking with you. And he's like this totally normal guy. He's got a wife. Mm-hmm. He's got grandkids. Like, he's like, it's my daughter's cat and I fucking hate it. Like, he's this totally normal guy. But the way they let, like, hold him in the book, he was like this creepy, like, surely lived alone, mm-hmm. had no social life. Turns out he's, like, happily married, had been the whole time, had kids, like, the whole nine yards. I just loved it. I thought it was great. Oh, that's funny. Um Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Did anyone anybody have plot holes? Yeah, I don't have any. I didn't think I did. At least I none of them are. If I did have them at that time, it's so irrelevant now. I can't even. 
couldn't even tell you what I thought. Well, yeah, yeah. Like it was like like I was like, who doesn't flush the toilet? Like something's up. Like stupid mm-hmm. stuff like that. But that but it was, was like point, we're going to figure that out. That was a stage, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Then let's rate our give our ratings. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sammy. Um, I gave it a four. Um, so, you know, as we talked about, the storyline was great. The characters were likable. I mean, hell, I even liked the money-stealing dad. I was like, hey, I was like, if you buy me a $3 million boat, like, I like you too. You know what I mean? I'm going to ask where you got the money from. Um, so, I mean, just overall, the character development was good. Like, you felt like you knew who the people were, like, knew their background. Um, you know, I even went back and forth on who the murderer was, between it being Victoria, between it being Tessa, between being some random person. Um, so he really did a good job on kind of keeping you guessing on what, what the actual end was going to be. Um, so overall kept me engaged and I really liked the audible narrator too. So overall a good book. Okay. Um, Stephanie. Um, I actually realized in this moment, I have not rated it privately, but in this moment, I'm just going to go ahead and give it four and a half stars. The only reason it doesn't get five for me is because I disliked all the attention that went to the brother at the end of the book. I wanted more of the Victoria at the end. That was the only reason I did not give it. That was the only thing that disappointed me in this book. Everything else, I loved it. I loved the storyline. I loved the uniqueness of the storyline. Loved the character development. Loved his writing. He did not write like a man to me. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed it. You know, it was great. I like. I really liked this book. So yeah. Would uh, you consider it a must read? Yeah. Okay. I would. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah, I would, because it was, I, I think probably because of the 9-11 factor was very interesting to read in the books. So I would, I would almost, especially somebody I feel like who maybe wasn't of this, of the generation that knew about it, it would be, I feel like it would be a good book for them to read. Get a taste of it. Okay. I'm just asking because mm-hmm. you went above four stars. So usually when we go above four stars, it's a must read. I really liked it, but I also, I, I'm telling you, I've had it on my to-be-read list for a long time. I've been waiting to read this book, and it lived up to the hype I was hoping for. Okay. Vanessa? So I'm going with Sammy. I gave it a four. Um, I still would 100% recommend this to anybody, and a four for me is a, a high-notch mm-hmm. book. Um, the only way you get to four and a half and five is if I'm emotionally impacted by your story. This wasn't an emotionally impactful in that same way. Like I did feel something reading some of the 9-11 parts, but that's just because it means something to me. But um, the rest of it was not read that way. So it was more of like mm-hmm. a like a thriller, like you were trying to find the clues and the answers. I loved, I loved all the characters. I thought the character development was amazing. I agree. I had no idea this was a male writing the story. Um, that to me was a huge shocker. Like I said, I didn't even know until I Googled who is Charlie Donnelly? And I was like, holy shit, this is a man. This is not what I expected. Um, so I love that he was able to write from a female perspective the way that he did. Thoroughly loved it. Um, I loved the way Victoria killed him. Loved that. Mm-hmm. Loved that for the story. Mm-hmm. Loved that he got found dangling with his dick hard. Loved that part of the story as well. Um, I loved Walt. I thought he was a wonderful character. Um, I maybe didn't totally love Avery. It's kind of like... I don't know. She gave me just chess vibes or whatever, like a little bit on the annoying side, mm-hmm. sort of. Um, but I do love that she, in the end, she went out of her way to make sure, like, they paid back the family member who was screwed or the person who got screwed over that they 
all loved, um, whose dad took all her money or whatever. So I do love that there's like little things that he added in, like little key details that most authors kind of skim over or ignore or don't even put into the story. And he did a good job of weaving all of that into this one big story, which I loved. Um, definitely put it on a list to read. I, I would say it's a vacation read because I read it re- really quickly just because I liked the story. Um, but it's much better than just a sitting on a beach. It's not an easy read. It's just like a really good read. Um, so yeah, four stars all the way. Okay. Um, I also gave it four stars. Um, I think I, we all said this. It was our my first 9-11 book as well. Um, but what I really liked were just all the little twists that it had in it. You know, I definitely wasn't in, expecting them all. Um, and it was easy to read. It was good to read. It kept you, you know, engaged the whole entire time. I don't think I was ever bored with the story, like, at all. Um, so it was good. I mean, it, I don't get say it's a must read, but it was a very good book. Mm-hmm. And I guess probably because I wasn't, like, you know, emotionally invested in it like I have been maybe some other books. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good way to put that. I'm going to I'm gonna Same. steal that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, that's good ratings from us all. Yeah. So this was a great book, guys. It's a four more. So that's yeah. a pick yes. it up. It's good. We recommend. I'm interested in reading some of his others now that I know that he writes in a female's perspective. I'm curious how well he does that in some of his other novels. So I'm definitely going to add a couple of his other books to my list for sure. Oh, I can't wait so that I can also listen to them after you download them to your Audible. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, whore. Get, get on it. <laughs> I would like to point out that this book was selected for the book club by Vanessa and I. Okay. And we all gave it high ratings. Maybe you guys should listen to our recommendations more often. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ready for character sesh, bitches? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Um, First up, we have Avery Mason. I chose Anna DeArmas, and that's D-E and then A-R-M-A-S. So she was not a redhead in the book. I made that up completely. She had auburn streak hair. Okay. What is she? What is she? Oh, she's cute. She played a... um, Was she in that Knives Out movie? She played no, in the blonde. She was like she was the lady in blonde. blonde. She blonde. Yeah, she played um uh what, what the heck's her Oh, name? I didn't see that. Oh, it was, it was good actually. Horrible. Marilyn? Well, really? I actually enjoyed Marilyn? it. It was it was horrible if that's really how Marilyn lived is what I'll say, but it was a good movie. She she played Oh, was this the actress? Yeah. Yes. This is her? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know okay. her enough to say anything, but she's pretty. I think she would fit the bill. So. You know, written written as it like males typically don't do a whole bunch of like character descriptions. They leave a whole lot up to the imagination. Yeah. And I feel like mm-hmm. Charlie did the same. Did. Like I don't think he really went mm-hmm. deep into physical descriptions. No. It was more but... personality like persona you got. It wasn't necessarily physical appearance. I should have known then it was a man writing it, but Right. They didn't talk about weight at all. Did you guys notice that? Nobody talked right. about weight yeah. no. or ankles yeah. or anything like that. Men. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Because men don't care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But she ran a lot, so we're assuming she was physically fit. She was attractive because uh, she's she, on a morning show. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Or, they talked you know, about her TV being show. somewhat tall. Yeah. Yeah. So we just assume she's hot. A hottie. A hottie patati. Okay. 
Okay. For um, Walt Jenkins, I chose Bradley Cooper. All right. Okay. No, he's he's good. But that, obviously, we all know what he looks he's like. Perfect. He was a good pick. I'm a, yeah. He's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I immediately, as soon as you said it, yes, I, that's, I definitely see him. Yeah, he's a good perfect. pick. See him sitting in a corner drinking rum. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. For um, Cameron Young, check out this guy, Cody Fern. There's going to be some interesting pictures that come up. Nothing but interesting has come up. <laughs> so, Isn't he the American Horror Story guy or something? Yeah, what was he, was he in? in that. American Horror Story, right? Okay, I recognize him. Um, yeah, he would. He de- looks like he could definitely do some some S and M stuff for sure. <laughs> and I would not. Be sad staring at his butt dangling over. I was gonna say I'm extremely intrigued like, by his pictures on Google Images. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's Same. a lot happening. It's like, yeah. is he hot or not? Oh, well, exactly. I'm excited, or is he? But I'm gonna, yeah. Like this one, like he kind of looks very feminine. Hot. Yeah, yeah. Like, can you see that? Like he looks kind of hot in this mm-hmm. one, and then another one. You're like, hmm. It, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna re- and then he's got like the red makeup around yeah. his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. But still, he's kind of hot, so, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> right. I know. Interesting. It's always weird. How can you be not sure you're hot? Like, how does how do your features become that way to, you're like, are you hot? Like, you should be hot, but you're not. Well, I, I have a lot of questions his... about all of his see-through shirts. That's what I mean. I think it's his outfits why, that mess him up. Why are his nipples always out? <laughs> I, I can't keep looking at his nipples. <laughs> I mean, I'm not angry about the nipples. With the purse. (laughs) I'll have to remember that one for for the characters. (laughs) Yeah. Be sure to use the nipples. All right. So for his wife, Tessa, I chose Margot Robbie. Okay. I mean, would you cheat on her? I guess we haven't seen Victoria Ford yet, so... She's such a small part. I in the story. I'm curious who you chose for Victoria Ford, but um, well, I'm gonna get there. I just feel like Tessa didn't have like a huge role, she didn't. and I just feel like I feel like Robbie is a huge person on. Well, because she just though. nailed Barbie, but I I was trying to pick someone who looks like the little Susie homemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, that wouldn't do S and M. You know, that's what I was kind of going for. Right, yeah. That's what really, I was Really, even after she was, what's her name? The Joker's wife, what, what do they call her? Um, oh, I didn't watch that. Doing S&M. I totally well, do. I'm not a child. I didn't watch that show. Okay, all right. Well, wasn't she also in Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street doing some crazy shit once? She was um, just married to him who he was crazy, but she was still like. Oh, you know, oh okay, okay, fine. Yeah. Fair enough, okay. She um, just didn't wear underwear. That's right, yeah, I remember okay. that part. <laughs> Twins. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Twinning. I like Margot for this because there is the element of the story where you think she killed her husband and framed somebody else for it. And I think Margot would be a good character for that. She so that. I agree with yeah. this pick. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Fair. For once. Okay. All right. So then for Victoria Ford, I chose Emma Stone. 
Now, Randy. For Victoria? Yeah. Yeah. I can't see her SNMing. I can. Someone. I can. Wow. I can. Absolutely. Do you remember that show Easy A? Easy A. She's such a whore. <laughs> but she could. She was like a comedic whore. It wasn't like a, you know. I mean, Victoria blew like blew this guy almost to completion and then manually strangled him. You know? Mm-hmm. I, and That's this like pretty yeah. fucked up. I think I she think could she do could all do that. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think she could I could also see Margot doing that too, to be honest. Yeah. Well, hey, they I know that's what the but that's what the great part about it is that you don't expect Victoria to do it. You actually think the whole time it's probably okay Tessa who does it. So the fact that it ends up being the one you probably wouldn't have seen doing it is great. And they look similarly enough, like facial features wise, that like if Cameron had a type, they're interchangeable. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Like, yeah. Um. Okay. And then for Natalie, um, I mean, I know she wasn't a big part, but I was, I didn't want to get annihilated because I was cherry picking my characters. So for her, yeah. I chose Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. As the I'm bestie in Santorini. Yeah. Who's Googling Just her Just in it for a good time. Used to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I need a visual, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not she'd be like the one okay. who's like super like i mean because she was like fangirling out when avery came and vice versa so it was like you know i could see her being like that super bubbly happy one like totally as if unaware that there was anything going on behind the scenes i guess because yeah. by the time we meet natalie we're much later in the story mm-hmm. so when we're talking about Victoria and Tessa it's like their younger versions 20 years ago and then by the time we meet Natalie she's like this older sophisticated woman so I I don't I could see Jennifer Lawrence being 20 years ago with them but like who would who would it be you know is she an older version of Jennifer Lawrence Jennifer Aniston oh I have Jen- well actually I have Jennifer Aniston oh. as uh Victoria Ford's sister Emma nice okay so see at least I was close enough yeah good yeah, someone in that age range would fit better for me for Natalie, I think. But but what age range? Jennifer Aniston's Because she's age their age. 20 but years later. But but her sister's older, right? So Victoria was the younger sister, was she not? Yes. Well, Jennifer Aniston is a lot older than Emma Stone. Right. Right. Emma Stone, you don't really, you're not going to see Emma Stone in this story because she died 20 years before. You know, like they're going to okay. do flashbacks to her storyline 20 years before when okay. she was younger and banging there's a such thing called uh makeup okay i'm gonna let you guys have that one because my brain's not um functioning it's fine yeah it's fine i like them (laughs) so i'm not saying ain't that deep (laughs) okay i have uh just two more left so for the dad uh garth i chose brad leland and tell me if he doesn't look upon like a ponzi scheme fucker (laughs) let's see ew ew i don't know why i'm imagining him having sex but i am an ew Oh, whoa. Why would straight, you? Straight to sex. Why would your mind go there? Why? Straight to what? it immediately. Jesus. Particularly the picture for Rotten Tomatoes. That was the one that I immediately was like, sex. And it, yeah, yucky. Blech. Why? What is wrong with you? Oh, Lord. All right. <laughs> and then I have one more. The last one is um, Christopher Montgomery, Avery's brother. 
And I don't even know where I found this dude, but here we go. His name's Diego Boneta. Roseanne, is she Hispanic? I'm not aware of. Help us out here. Come on. Actually, Anna de Armas is Cuban, yes, but. Uh, oh. Diego. Oh, no, he's a good. He's good. B O N E T A. There's I mean, this they one didn't describe him. Black so. and white with his cleft chin. Yeah, they didn't describe him, so I just picked someone who could be her brother. I love, I love a nice, good chin. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, he looks good. Yeah, I would not be sad. Yeah, I'm I would into, not be sad. I'm to into look him. At this. Yeah, all right. I am yeah. too. <laughs> I didn't know I had a He's... thing for the cleft chins, but <laughs> I do um... hardcore. Whoa. He's Mexican. I do. I want to stick my finger in it and just do this. I was thinking about a dick going into it for some reason. Again, okay, I need to stop. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) Just the tip of it. Why is that what you would be? Why would you? It's not going to fit. But just to poke it, unless it's a baby dick, it just rubs it. Just to poke it. (laughs) So now you're titty fucking a chin cleft. You guys are sick. Fucking sick. (laughs) I have heard it all. Let's wrap this up, Slits. I know. <laughs> but I don't know how I'm supposed to follow this with what my book is. This is just not going to work. Let's, let's head into your nice, heartfelt, one-off book wreck. Let's, let's, not, let's not, guys. I'm just going to read you the title. I'm going to let you go figure it out because I can't talk about it. It's, just, it's, um, it's called When We Were Young and Brave. And I'm back onto my historical fiction stuff. I think that that was the 9-11 thing led me down. The rabbit hole of my old stuff. Anyway, so this is by Hazel Gaynor, and it is um, – I read a lot of World War II stories. Most of them obviously focus on the Jewish population or the concentration camps in Germany or Poland or any of those others. This one actually focuses on China and what Japan did to the Chinese population, um, specifically focuses on the children of a um, missionary school. And these kids are from – they're – place there from their parents who are there in China doing work. Um, and these kids are from England. They're from America. They're from wherever. And they're without their parents and they're just with their few teachers and what these kids have to go through on their march to the concentration camp, their time in the concentration camp in China, in a country that they don't speak the language um, and what they go through. And it was, I mean, it was actually a, it's told from the perspective of the little girls as well as the actual teacher who has to become the mother to all of them. Um, and it's, it's very beautiful. So um, if you've never read anything like that one, I do recommend this one. It's a, it's a different perspective to the World War II stuff. It sounds horrific. But like, <laughs> it sounds it's sad. not, it's not as bad as, well, it is anything during that period is sad, but it's not as bad as the Jewish concentration camps. They okay. were not as brutal I don't think anything truly is as brutal as like Auschwitz. This is not like that. Um, but, you know, it's not good. I always think, Vanessa, when you recommend these books, that you just sit in your car listening to them crying. That's what I imagine. <laughs> All these books. Uh, I'm a realist and I like to be humbled in my life. And I like to always remember that it could always be worse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. <laughs> Sounds horrible. I think people who endure these things and come out on the other end are like they are what makes society like good it's their their ability to do that is always fascinating to me which is what i like like i just i don't know if i could ever do it and so i always 
find myself wondering how in the fuck you survived that as a normal person and came back out and had a life like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. It just always amazes me. What humanity can endure. What were you going to mm-hmm. say, Sammy? Um, I, honestly, I was going to say that I avoid books like that because they are too real. And I know that's wrong of me, but mm-hmm. but I do. I, I purposely avoid like real, like nonfiction books. Like I'm, I'm all about fiction. Like, honestly, like tell me the fake stuff. It may be based on real stuff, but I, I purposely avoid it. And it's probably sad of me to do that, but I do. I'm like, I don't, maybe I don't want to know some of that stuff going on. When I have, when I'm filling my mind with a book, it's usually, I wanted something mindless. Like not that this book was mindless, mm-hmm. but it wasn't so raw and real. Like probably this book mm-hmm. you just talked about Vanessa. Um, so I honestly find myself avoiding stuff like that. And maybe, maybe I should just like try mm-hmm. one and see, see how it goes, you know, cause I'm just, I'm, I'm worried. It's going to like wreck my day, you know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. It will. Don't it worry. will. It might. <laughs> but it has sweet stuff too in it, guys. I'm reading. Uh, speaking of World War II, I'm reading Nightingale. Um, by oh, Christina. Wow. I did that one. Yeah, I did that yeah. one. I've had it on my. I've had it for years sitting on my bookshelf, and I was like, Stephanie, read this book. Stop putting it off. It's a pretty so, cover. Um, so I'm. I'm diving into it now. We'll see how I do. Yeah. Um, I have to comment real quick on the. Court of Thorns or what? Sorry, I'm probably going to... Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to murder Akatar. us for these books. Yeah, Qatar. I can't get through the second book, if I'm being honest with you. Oh. Yeah. I'm um, on book five and I'm slowing dramatically. Are you? I couldn't get through four. I wanted to I wanted to be done with four. Three was yeah. great. I loved three. I was pretty much done with four. And now I'm on five and I'm only continuing it because I could do You've some horrific things to case in. No, I would just destroy his person. Like, Who's Cassian? So there's a new person. Fuck. Yeah. Dude. Oh. Cassian, first of all. Isn't it Cassian? Cassian. Oh, I'm saying it right. I say Cassian because I don't, first of all, I don't say Cassian. That's a, anyway. Cassian yeah, why, sounds why pronounce it right, though. Yeah, Cassian oh, is hot. Anyway, like, I would destroy him. Kind of long yeah. hair. He's this big ass dragon dude. Yeah. Not dragon, yeah. but like bat boy, I guess. Um, mm, wait, yeah. so Sammy, you're stuck in book two. Can't get through it. Yeah. That's weird. So why I'm stuck in You haven't in it gotten is, to the part yet. No, let me tell you why. Is I have read the Fever series and it's literally identical to this book. Like she gets, oh. she's some girl who gets, you know, take, not identical, but it's very similar premise. Like a girl who's, you know, got this life or whatever and somebody rescues her and brings her here. And then she meets all these hot, powerful guys, but she's like the, the master of everybody. Like it's very similar to the Fever series. Um, so I'm just, and maybe it's not once I read more of it, but I'm just like, I've done this before. You know, that's how I feel as I'm reading. You know what? Um, you know what? You know who got these books popular are these young bitches. You know who's got Frida McFadden popular? All these young bitches. But all those old bitches have been there and done that and read mm-hmm. all this shit that's already out here. It's like, oh, Frida McFadden's so awesome. Like, no, her stories are tired. They're old. They've been there, done that. This little court thorn shit, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. The Fever series, okay. been there, done that. Yeah. Okay. I will say I'm not a big fan of the female characters in a court. I just, I don't, I, I, Feyre, she annoys me. I think that Nesta annoys me, um, like a lot. I feel like there's like <laughs> repeating things, like all the time they keep saying the same, like my, I'm, my life is so miserable because of the exact same shit again and again. Like mm-hmm. you guys have gone through so much, like what is, can you not clear your brain ever mm-hmm. in your life to move on? And it's mm-hmm. annoying. That got really <laughs> old. Like stronger women. Of- that sounds like us every day, though. 
yeah, book four, like, I wanted to be yuck. like, what is wrong with you that you have to, like, y'all need to get over your trauma. By book four, Seriously, I was like, if I hear mate one more time, I'm going to slap somebody. Yeah, I was over I it. Yeah. But I did yeah. enjoy book five because it was a different. Book five is a whole other story, but I, Nesta annoys the fuck out of me. I feel you. Well, I'm not going to read it now. I'm going to well, go with Sammy on this. Are wonderful. Yeah, I mean, I, my, I hate to like he's my derail you from it. Yeah, but but fever fever was actually better to me than these series are um, because it, it didn't sense. hop so quickly into fairyland, which is what this series does. It hops very right, quickly yeah, into fairyland. You had more like real life. It was set in Dublin, and it was a she was it was set in real life kind of right. thing. So it just I don't know. It was more I don't know. Um, but yeah, read the fever. And do you series, know? Um, yeah, so. You guys, this is y'all's project. When you're done with this Akatar bullshit, check out the Fever one, and then you guys let us know which one you think is better. And also, okay. they do have um, Fever tours in Dublin that you can go to all the spots they mention in all the, in the Fever series books. Hey, hey we should totally is, do that, guys. Is Fever um, is this like a like a vampire thing? No, it's yeah. it's Faye. It's, it's just like it's literally just like these books. Oh. Like it's based on Faye oh, characters. Okay. You know, she's you know a girl who, oh, okay. who stumbles across it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, okay. But um. Okay. But yeah. No, I'll it's dabble. good. On, yeah. But it literally, I was like, this is the same storyline. Like I'm, I was just struggling a little bit. But Damn. I'm gonna read them because mm. I spent a hundred dollars on a box set of books. <laughs> but <laughs> thanks, guys, for the shitty recommendation. <laughs> It gets better if that helps. Like I felt like I stalled out a little bit at the beginning of book two and then it got good again. And then I would say I, I think book three was probably my favorite. Yeah. Okay. And All then right. book four I'll was the worst. It. Book four was dumb. I don't know why it existed. Why Nothing was happened. it even like there's a reason Nothing. it's the smallest book. It's yeah. irrelevant in every way. Oh, wow. It was just like yeah. this dumb filler book, but you would yeah. miss stuff if you didn't read it. Like it was dumb. Yeah. It was dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I nothing exciting happens. Yeah. I, I read that one in my fever at the campground because I was like, let me just get through this. I'm laying here in bed and I just let it play for hours until it was over. Yeah. Okay. Well, nice. sorry about that. It's all good. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> Teach their own. Ness, I, I don't know what to say because I enjoyed book five probably because it was very nasty at point at parts. I don't no, know how I'm deep into you got. the nasty part. Okay. I'm into the nasty part now and I am enjoying like the second part of the book. I did not like the first part because I yes. genuinely don't like Nesta's personality. I think yes. she's a cold-hearted bitch for no yes. reason. And that annoys me. Yes. Um, but I am starting to like getting into where once she starts like becoming a normal human being somewhat, mm-hmm. I'm starting to enjoy it more. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of what that annoyed me that was like, how can you withhold from banging that guy for so long? Right. Yeah. And why do you have to keep being nasty to him? Like, just let him yeah. do these like, things. Like, just let him do stuff to you and take care yeah. of you. I don't get it. It makes the build up I better, know. though, you know, when they, they're at each other. Yeah. But when the book is, like, this big and, like, she's being a bitch for, like, all of it and you only get, like, this all much All of it? Smut, you're just like, kind of you know. like, God, just where's the yeah, good stuff? Like, why am I reading this? <laughs> There's a part, like, the first time they're together and, like, when he – I'm going to go ahead and share this, but he um, he comes early. <laughs> Yeah, and she, um, I think my favorite, the favorite part of the whole thing was was her comment back to him of just where she was like, "That's it, huh?" Like, yeah, and like I just can like imagine a guy like holding out all this time and talking so much shit in his pants before he ever gets to mm-hmm. <laughs> ever gets to get there. Mm-hmm. It's good. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right, okay. 
Yes, I'll surprise you with my oldie but goodie um, on Instagram. Uh, AKA, she doesn't have one prepared. I failed. Let's <laughs> <laughs> check a time. Maybe I can. Maybe I can plug one in. Although, wait, does it have to relate to the storyline? Um, no, I just it, that's just technically what what draws me to an oldie but goodie. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this reminds me of this book. Um, but nothing came to my mind when I was reading this one, so mm-hmm. that's also why I didn't. I was like, oh fuck, I forgot to do that. So if you guys have one. Or just a recent book you read you really like? Um, well, I did. I know. did read recently "The Dry" by Jane Harper, and apparently Vanessa has already read her and her whole. There's like a three book series. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was based yep. in Australia, and it's a little murder mystery. I really enjoyed it. I didn't mm-hmm. know I had a thing for Australians, but after reading that book, it definitely. I read in an accent in my head the whole time. Loved every second of it. So "The Dry" by Jane Harper, I would recommend. It was very good. I gobbled it up very quickly. Yeah, and that just was like that dick. Ago, okay. Right? Edit that out. Oh my god! Yeah, it's old. <laughs> Honestly, when you said gobble, take her out back. All I thought about was that, right? <laughs> I remember it coming out, and it got a lot of attention. It was very popular when it came out. Yeah, the, the dry was. It's been on my TBR for a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was her first very book, popular. and I was like very impressed by her that it was her first book. Um, very impressed. It's a three series. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Did you read the other ones or no? Not yet. No, I need to buy them. Oh. Yeah. Did you, Nessie? I have. Mm-hmm. All of them? Pretty sure they're in my Audible for anyone of you uh, oh, okay. cheap-ass whores who wants to listen. Okay, hmm. nice. All right. It might have been during my time when I was getting all my books from the library, though, so oh, God. I'm not 100% sure on that. I was a huge <laughs> library whore at the time. Like a peasant. <laughs> I love I poor? love a library, guys. I love a good library. Say what you were. You were poor living in the mountains. Uh, yeah, and I was I, I was a part librarian, librarian, and I loved it. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was my like honestly my most favorite job I've ever had in my life. It was wonderful. I could see that. I spent mm-hmm. all day talking to patrons about books, and it was wonderful. And Did it make you was have like, to I'm trying to find something about whatever, and I I take out the bathroom. <laughs> what? <laughs> Because it's right. so quiet. Set the stage for Roseanne. You're at the media center at the library at school, all right? And you are getting on yep. the computer. And it's going to hit you that you have to poop. It's a fact. Yes. Yes. What is happening right now? I've always wondered why that is. Like, is it like for the first time in your life, you're like sitting and it's like super quiet and you're able to concentrate? Like, oh I don't get it. It just overwhelmed you pot. immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I will say I never had to clean the bathrooms at the library, so I was very fortunate. That's good. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm outroing. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're done here. Oh, let me pull it up. Fuck. I have one line. I was going to say, if you can't remember that, Roseanne, then you have literally one line. (laughs) Okay, y'all. That was lucky episode number 10. Why is it lucky? I don't know. I just said that. (laughs) Our March book club pick is only if you're lucky. Hey, maybe that's where you got it from, Rosie. So our March book club pick is Only If You're Lucky by Stacey Willingham. Um, You may have read other books by her, such as A Flicker in the Dark or All the Dangerous Things. Um, Her latest book was published just recently in January 2024, and this is Only If You're Lucky. It's described as uh, psychological and crackling with tension from cover to cover. 
The story is a campus mystery that follows the fracturing of four college friends after a murder. So sounds like a good one to me. Um, please head over to our Instagram for release dates and further details about the book. And don't forget, guys, while you're checking out our Instagram to please drop us a line and let us know how we did. The good and the bad, we want to hear from you. And don't forget to please subscribe to our channel wherever you get your podcasts. And please remember to tell a friend to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell a lucky friend. All right. Thanks for hanging with us for 10 episodes. If you have made it this far, um, yeah, we'll see you guys next month. Cheers, my friends, and happy reading. Cheers. 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 We'll put a boot in your ass. We'll put a boot in your ass. That's right. It's the American way. Yeah. Because we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Hey, Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And the Statue of Liberty started shaking her fist. And the eagle will fly. And it's going to be hell when you hit Mother Freedom Star. See you.